Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Panthers fans, insatiable, have insatiable Panthers news and Panthers news and opinions. Only one, only one podcast roars ferociously. ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Yo, what's the deal? It's Tony Dunn, host of the C3 Panthers podcast, the longest running Panthers podcast out there. I might got a little Marty McFly look to me, slowly disappearing at the moment. The green screen's acting funny, but. That's why I got the other guys on the show for the looks. We got a fun show tonight. Panthers offense um, or offseason turns dirty. Mike Davis goes to the Falcons. He is a dirty bird. Dan Arnold is our new tight end, big tall guy. We re-signed John Miller. We got a, um, a special guest tonight, Corbin Smith, uh, Seattle Seahawks beat writer, to help us figure out a little bit about David Moore. We'll ask him about Russell Wilson. And since our last Tuesday night show, we made a bunch of defensive acquisitions. So we'll be asking, what will this defense look like? And um, I got to say, like my boy Deshaun would say, that's just the tip of it. So we uh, have, boom, and boom. We have tons, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the numbers 252-228-5098. Um, we go ahead and smash the thumbs up button. Follow uh, myself on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles and check out Carolina cat chronicles.com. We got some, uh, some stories I've been putting up lately. One is uh, most recently about this Will Greer um, video practicing with CMC DJ Moore and Keith Kirkwood or something like that. But Teddy nowhere to be seen. So lots to talk about. I'm going to do it with my homeboys, my favorite peeps, my man, my co-host, ride or die on this hill, Cody Lashney. How you doing? Tony Dunn, I'm doing wonderful, man. It's Tuesday night, and as you already know, there's nowhere I'd rather be on said Tuesday night than here with my boys talking about some Panthers football. Man, uh, listen, I, I feel like this is going to be uh, uh, an episode with a lot of puns a lot of innuendos um a lot of uh frankly really mature conversations due to the subject matter that we're going to be or talking immature. about or, or or immature or even premature whatever man we don't know we'll figure <laughs> it out we'll figure it out along the way but you know what we're definitely going to do 
we're going to figure it out with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube, Tony. I'm talking about all the usual suspects are in the building tonight. Of course, Tan Tizzy, Blake Bettis, Joey the Blind Panther, Esquivel, 704 Bound Charlotte. All things metal, baby. Let's go. D Wade, Moneybags Lawson, Corey Roberts, ATX19, Tony Dunn. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Um, we also got CK in the house. What's up, man? Master of many streams. Oh, you know, just uh, living the dream, man. Living the dream. You know, just uh, moving things in the right direction. And uh, it looks like the Panthers are trying to do the same thing. But uh, I, I tell you what, I'm looking forward to uh, overanalyzing the heck out of that Will Greer video. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll have uh talk about that. Is Corbin just sent me a message. He said, I'll come on when you send me the link. I sent him a message that just said, here's the link with no link. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, okay, wow. so let's just go ahead and get started with the most recent news while I message him that uh, Mike Davis goes to the Falcons. The Carolina Panthers now uh, have a $64 million running back in Christian McCaffrey. And I put up a story today about it is that uh, simple title, Mike Davis to to the Dirty Birds. But what was interesting, I felt like, or what I thought was interesting, I started the whole story about um, your drumbeat of how you shouldn't be building teams uh, around mega contract running backs. And Mike Davis's production was certainly not sensational like Christian McCaffrey's. But guess what? He did not get a lot of money. Yeah, he didn't really get anything, to be honest. And uh, you almost kind of wonder what that says to our value. He signed a two-year deal that was only five million dollars, which has got to be like five hundred thousand dollars above the minimum. You know what I'm saying? It's not a lot. Yeah, Um, it doesn't really surprise me, to be honest. Uh, I think that we've seen a lot of this. I think. I think division rival teams are interested in teams from division rivals, just in general. You know, that player has spent an entire year, um, you know, with a, a division rival. They have insights onto game plans, schemes, uh, a lot of those different things. Uh, I mean, it sucks, but what are you going to do, man? It's the same thing that happened with. Um, uh, Ted Ginn going to New Orleans right after, right after you know, being with the Carolina Panthers, right? Yeah. So, uh, I think a lot of the question is is depth. Uh, what does this do for our running back depth? And um, you know, again, trusting Christian McCaffrey to not be hurt the entirety of his uh, uh of this next season. So we'll see. That was Will. Uh, do you guys? Did you guys hear that in the back? A little bit. Yeah, okay. that was damn uh, Blake Bettis. I accidentally clicked on his call. He's fucking with me. He's fucking with me, dude. He didn't like that Deshaun Watson tip joke. Um, all right. So Mike Davis, yeah, is it? Here's the thing: is you know he was a nice little piece in addition. Um, but obvious, obviously, the Panthers don't think that he is necessarily a recipe necessary for the recipe. Um, on top of that is. I'm not happy that he's got to go about to beat us like a damn sledgehammer. I mean, I don't think he's going to all of a sudden that we have to worry about the Falcons and like this imposing run game. Yeah. But he is a sledgehammer. You know what I'm saying? Is that if he would have, it's not that favorite spot he could have landed. 
Uh, I did also see, too, Zach Kerr landed with the 49ers, but um, Dan Arnold also signs with the Carolina Panthers, CK, and this guy's like 6'6", a red zone threat. Yeah. Uh, and I, I feel, uh, other than the girls gushing about him on Twitter about how good-looking he is, um, I think this is, again, like many of the offensive linemen that we saw last week, is that these are necessary signings. I don't even care who the person is. Um, you know, you need a tight end at this yeah. point. And we need to – I mean, we just need bodies. So, But this is a – Decent red zone threat, it looks like. It looks like he has decent hands, plays for the Cardinals. Big body. Um, what are your thoughts on Dan Arnold real quick? Um, you know, I'm just happy that we had a focus on on the tight end. I don't know that this completely takes us out of the tight end market, uh, specifically with regard to the draft, but I do think that it at least shores up one more position that we had a really bad glaring hole at. Um, and uh, I, I think that's what you look for in a GM. You know, you look for that the GM that's going to fill those holes that you can. Again, we talk about it all the time. Not have the draft just be about all the things that you need. You know, all the things you need, but rather the things you want. Uh, and that's what I'm hoping that this uh, signing does is we can then focus on the things we want without having to feel like we're giving up too much capital in the draft if we decide we need to move up to get what we want. Tim Tizzy said, when did five TDs turn into a red zone threat? Well, I would say that's five more TDs that we had than any other tight end yeah. than last year. So that is helpful. But uh, again, like nothing to be excited, necessary moves at this. In fact, like we can poo poo all these moves all day long. Cameron Irving, uh, the F line guy, like none of these guys are good, but yeah. we need people in these positions it would be silly for us not to get people right we got to play the game at some point so um we got some more on that i I saw some other people uh somebody mentioned that there were five running backs in uh on the team right now i would challenge anybody well other than that person to name them i haven't christian mccaffrey alex uh alex armand with the team that like who is it got reggie bonifar no I, maybe do we not? He's pulling that one out of the hat. No, that was uh, Reggie Bonifant has been. Uh, he's played some snaps. Well, yeah. I, I don't know if he's still. On I, the team. I, mean, yeah, I don't think. Know, he, I don't know if he was back last no, year point, or not at all. Point, yeah, point proven. I, I really. I, I can't even tell you. But um, right. my uh, my last thoughts on Dan Arnold. I like the signing. We had to replace Chris Manhurts. And um, frankly, I think he's a better receiving threat than Manhurts. Manhurts was purely a, a, a blocking tight end. That's what we used him for. Um, you know, now we still have Ian Thomas. Right now. Um, who? The, who, Manhurts? Manhurts? I think he, no, went, to- he went to uh Jacksonville. Jacksonville, yep. Oh, okay. Yep, yeah. Florida. So yeah. I actually really like Dan Orland as a signing. It's, um, you know, yeah, now, yeah, I think now him and. Thomas, that could be a good little one-two punch tight end. I know this is a, a much more deep question, but I, I think it's important to ask because I think we're now at the back end of free agency to where the draft is really our only thing. To, I mean, outside of the, the the scraps that may be residing on the other side of the draft or, or whatnot, but do you guys see a scenario where we are a successful franchise next year? Hmm. Yeah, well, let's hold on to that question. That's a deep question. Let's hold on to that one because we got Greg in the house, uh, and then we're going to bring in our guest, Corbin Smith. 
but go ahead, Greg, say hello, and then we'll intro everybody in. What's up, Panther Nation? Sorry, I'm a little bit late, uh, you know, late night at work and had a lot of stuff to do, but I'm glad to be here to talk Panthers football with y'all. I'm ready to get going. Awesome. All right. The number's 252-228-5098. Go ahead and smash the thumbs up button and be a part of the Longest Running Panthers podcast. Um, uh, Cody, go ahead and bring in Corbin Smith at Corbin Smith on uh, at Corbin Smith NFL on Twitter. Reporter for Seahawk Maven on SI.com and been on the show before. Welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast, Corbin. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, we brought you on because uh, recently the Carolina Panthers, obviously the last time we talked was about the Panthers um, grabbing Scott Fitterer as their GM. And one of the early moves, or not early, but a move that he made in the past week was bringing in a former Seahawk receiver in David Moore. Very small deal overall, right? Um, I think it was – somebody look up the details on that, on what the deal was. It was one or two years. But you're just overall – we don't know much about David Moore other than he is famous among Carolina Panthers fans for the very first play that um, Corn Elder had to play after – a serious injury. So he hadn't played on a year and a half. They put him on an Island and Russell Wilson looks over there and sees corn elder and uh, in single coverage throws it. He runs step for step for him, never turned his head and they just dropped it in the bread basket right over his head. So people make fun of corn elder and they play that video. Tell us about David Moore. Well, Caroline is getting a receiver that has a ton of talent, but he's also been extremely inconsistent and you look at the last three years, he would have games where it looked like this kid's really coming into his own as a legitimate number two receiver. There were a few games early last season where you could make the argument that he looked like somebody that probably would have been a day two draft pick, probably a second or third round talent. That's the kind of player that we're talking about here. He's very athletic, strong lower body. He can break tackles after the catch. He can make outstanding highlight reel grabs on deep balls and then he'll turn around and he'll drop a pass that's right in his bread basket that is on like a slant or something so there's he's been perfect in, for the panthers we yeah. we know that type of player he's had his issues he's had his issues with inconsistency like i said there there has been stretches i think you could go back the most drastic one was during his first full season with the team that he was playing extended snaps 2018 in 2018 the first half of the season he had like a five game stretch I don't have all the numbers in front of me but he scored almost all of his touchdowns and like 80 percent of his yards happened during that span and he was really coming into his own and then he just went ghost mode the last month and a half barely did anything wasn't targeted playoff game only played a handful of snaps against the Cowboys 2019 had somewhat similar situation Uh, and then last year First half, he's on pace for almost 700 receiving yards and seven or eight touchdowns, and then the second half kind of went in ghost mode again. But the, the whole Seahawks offense did that to an extent last year, so I don't know how much of that is on him. But you are getting a player that can go off any given game for 80 to 100 yards. He can make incredible catches downfield. He had a couple Sports Center top 10 worthy touchdown receptions last year early in the season. He has plays like that sprinkled in. He just hasn't been able to do stuff like that consistently. And I think some of the issue has been the receiving talent around him. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are going to get the vast majority of the opportunities. 
to get targeted by Russell Wilson because they're superstar receivers. But Moore is a guy that can step up as that number three target. He's a player that can run some jet sweeps. He's a pretty good ball carrier. Again, as I said, really strong lower body. He breaks tackles. So you can use him some in the run game. It just feels like the Seahawks didn't really take advantage of that, though, when you're talking bubble screens and quick passes. Really didn't find ways to get the ball in his hands that way and let him go to work making yardage after the catch the way I thought he was capable of. If Carolina can do that with him and he continues to improve as a deep threat, this is a guy that I still think has a ceiling where he could be an 800, 900-yard receiver. I think he has that kind of talent. He just hasn't been able to put it together for 16 games. Yeah, I'm actually sitting here watching the highlights of him right now, and I'm seeing some pretty amazing catches. Uh, I mean, I've seen him completely turn around while running a, a, a go route, catching the ball, and then turning back around. And, and, and yeah, he looks pretty talented. Uh, Body wise, kind of reminds me of Musun Muhammad. When I'm looking uh, at him, very good comparison. Yeah, and and and, and we, we signed standpoint. Yeah, yeah, we signed him for two years, four point seven five mil, uh, one point seven five guaranteed, which is a pretty good deal. I feel. That's cheap. These to everybody's cheap, yeah. That's super cheap for like yeah. that's what I'm saying about Mike Davis to the Falcons. Like it's like that's chump change overall. But that's where my question comes in, right? That is, it's kind of the same thing. Like, you know, was was there really a, a market for we're reading it? I mean, because you'd think the Seahawks would be able to find a way to pay that if they found value in him, right? But was it just a cap casualty, would you say, Corbin? Well, it wasn't a cap casualty. I mean, he was a free agent, but it, you have to know that before last season, he restructured his contract. They gave him a restricted free agent tender last season. They restructured his contract to make him a little bit more affordable. It seemed like he was a player they wanted to have around, but at the same time, they were not ready to commit to him long-term. And it all goes back to the consistency issues. And also, you have to keep in mind, Tyler Lockett's going to be a free agent after this year. DK Metcalf can start negotiating his second contract after this year. The Seahawks are going to have to spend a lot of money at the receiver position. They might not be able to keep both those players. So they were not going to spend a lot of money on a third receiver, most likely, unless it was somebody that was a clear upgrade. There are some players still out there in the market I think Seattle might take a look at, like a T.Y. Hilton, maybe Antonio Brown. Russell Wilson continues to plead with the Seahawks to sign him. But it's going to be a player like that or they're going to draft a receiver. And I just don't think David Moore, he never emerged as a player they were hoping he would be so they could justify giving that contract. So I think that's why they were willing to let him go. There's one thing real quick, though, is Tyler Lockett, right? Isn't he? He's already gotten a money deal, right? So you're saying that he's like coming up for another yep. term. And then on top of that, I do know that the Seahawks have a lot of cap issues just in kind of general at this point. And maybe not, I don't know if issues is the right word, but it's not like you have, uh, you've got Bobby Wagner, you got Russell Wilson's contract, and uh, and then there's a lot of needs right now in a certain in a certain way. And you guys didn't go sign any offensive linemen or anything that from what I know. Well, did trade for Gabe Jackson. So that really helped the offensive line getting a new left guard that can come in and protect Russell Wilson. Of course, all the trade rumors that have been out there, that's going to be a big deal making number three happy going into this season. But yeah, they do have a cap crunch they're dealing with right now. So they were not going to turn around and even 4.75 million, maybe the Seahawks gave him an offer. I 
speaking with sources, have not heard that. I think that Seattle just decided we're going to move on. And again, I think a lot of it goes back to the fact that David Moore would make spectacular plays. He'd have big games, but then he would have two or three games where he just was nowhere to be found. And he just could not get past that hump where he was able to consistently play at a high level. And again, if Carolina can get that out of him, I think this kid, he's still only 26, going to be 27. He's still a very young receiver. And he came from a D2 school, so he's still learning how to play at the NFL level. There's a lot of upside. I just think from Seattle's standpoint, we've had three, four years to look at you on the field. We're only going to pay a certain amount of money to bring you back, and that's a little more than we're going to pay, especially with our cap issues. Let me ask you this. How much of his um, lack of um, you know, ability to really jump out was scam dependent? Because we've heard a lot about you know, let Russ cook. And now there's been all these rumors about Russell Wilson wanting out. And now that seems to have been quelled, but it does seem like on that team, there really is kind of a, you know, a clashing of heads on what the offensive identity should be. Do you think that maybe that could have played into the fact um, on why David Moore didn't quite live up to his true potential? And what kind of fit do you think he'll be in Joe Brady's offense? So going off the first question that you asked there, I'm just going to go back to what I said a moment ago. I think the biggest thing that Brian Schottenheimer as offensive coordinator missed out on when it comes to David Moore is I see him as a player. I'm not going to say he's a Curtis Samuel type because he's not going to be running out of the backfield like Curtis Samuel could, but right. he he's a 200 plus pound receiver. As I said, with really strong legs, he's got pistons for legs and he can make guys miss. He can break arm tackles. I always thought that this was a player. The Seahawks kind of became enamored and this is their offense in general. They love the deep ball and David Moore can make big plays downfield, but it seemed like they really got away from something that could have been a big strength for him, and they've been horrible after the catch as a team the last three years. They've been in the bottom third each of the last three years for yards after the catch. They just don't create plays like that. David Moore was the one player they had that I thought could really be effective in that regard, and yet Brian Schottenheimer failed to scheme that. You didn't see very many bubble screens. You didn't see a lot of quick slants or quick digs where they're just trying to get the ball in his hands and let him go to work they didn't scheme that so from that standpoint I do think that impacted his ability to really play up to his potential and I don't think all that's on him at the same time there still were some games where Russell Wilson was looking for him and he wasn't getting open there were games at times it just seemed like he wasn't going 100 percent I'm not saying this is an effort issue maybe he was playing injured but especially this last season, there were a few games like he just doesn't look like he's moving as quick as normal. So I think there's a number of factors at play here that have impacted his performance. And again, having those two stud receivers on your roster (laughs) right next to you is going to impact how many targets that you get. Um, But again, from a schematic standpoint, I do think there were certainly some things working against him as far as maximizing his strengths. And I would think Joe Brady is going to try to take advantage of that immediately, especially with some of the other receivers they have. I like him as a compliment to DJ Moore, and I could see him doing some things similar to what they've done with Curtis Samuel, where you can get the ball to him quick. You can use him in your jet sweep game. You can use him in your screen game. Just get the ball in his hands and let him be a playmaker. And that was something the Seahawks, I just don't think, did a good enough job of doing the last three years. Yeah, cool. Uh, I saw you um, 
the store. What's going on with Seahawks? I say you guys only got three picks. You put up a story today. Only three picks in the draft. Yeah, it's a very weird year for John Schneider because usually he's – I think he's picked eight players minimum every single draft that he's been in Seattle. But there's some factors here. Obviously, the Jamal Adams trade, they traded away two first-round picks and a third-round pick to get him. They still believe they made the right move there. But a lot of the mindset here has been, with this being such a weird year, that you didn't have normal scouting at college football games. There were a lot of college football games that were canceled. You have no combine – John Schneider kind of hinted at this after the Adams trade that we were willing to do this because next draft is going to be compromised to an extent. And so I think that's another reason they were willing to say, you know what, Gabe Jackson is a Pro Bowl caliber player that's still only 29 years old, a fifth-round pick for him? Heck yeah, we'll do that any day of the week. And so if there's anybody that can take three draft picks, though, and turn it into six or seven, it's John Schneider. And they also have a few players on their team that I could see potentially still as being shopped to try to recoup a pick or two as well. Russell Wilson is not one of them, uh, but they've certainly got some players that they could try to move around. So I would be surprised if they pick any less than six times. I think they'll find a way to double their picks minimum. CK, hit him with the hard question. He said he's not on the table, but hit him in. So, I mean, I, yeah, and, and Cody mentioned it. I mean, obviously the the, the questions surrounding the the possible – trade or the rift between Russell Wilson and, and, you know, Pete Carroll has definitely been out there and and, and very well talked about. Um, Obviously nothing official from, from any of the, uh, you know, officials from either side of the organization or, or Russell's side, but just a lot of, you know, rumors, a lot of per source. Um, But we also know, and we, you know, this is one of uh, Tony's favorite things is where there's smoke, there's fire. Do you feel like there was ever a chance that Russell Wilson was actually on the block? So this was a really weird process for me as a reporter because I thought the first two weeks after Wilson made his comments, kind of threw the offensive line under the bus, was talking about not being involved with personnel enough. I thought those first two weeks afterward that this looks like the Giants rumors from a year or two ago or when Cleveland was going to trade the number one pick for Wilson. Like it looked to me like it was offseason fodder. And that's basically what I was told from a variety of sources is that Russell Wilson doesn't really want out. He was just sending a message like, hey, we need to make some improvements with the offensive line. He was just trying to wake him up a little bit. Then his agent comes out with those four specific teams to Adam Schefter. That was really when my eyes opened a little bit like there's more to this. It's definitely not just smoke. The VMAC has some flames on it, at least. Yeah. And so at that point, I started to take the idea, the notion that he might get moved a bit more seriously, though I didn't think there was really a chance he was going to get moved this year because of the dead cap hit. I didn't see any way they were going to deal him and eat $39 million in dead cap, especially with the Bears being the only team of those four that were on his list that made any sense that absolutely needed a quarterback, and they didn't have a quarterback to trade back. None of those teams matched up. Yeah. And so from that standpoint, I didn't see there being a chance. And now over the past week and a half, things have really subsided from the trade rumor standpoint. Yeah. I think at this point it would be an absolute stunner if they ended if up moving. Happened, yeah. Wilson's been happy with the moves they're making. You can see it on social media. He was excited about a couple signings they made today. So it seems like he's all in. He's ready for the 2021 season. Now, if this next year doesn't go as he wants it to, Maybe we'll be back in the same spot next year. And if that happens, I think there is a chance he can get moved. But for now, 
all sides are just trying to reconcile their differences. This is the best setup for the team and the player to, to go get a Super Bowl. Let's fix whatever issues we have and let's move forward. Let's move forward. And to double down on that, because I think this is an important question, right? Because I think when you when you have a quarterback, and, and, and the good thing about Seattle is you guys have not really been quarterback starved for a while, right? You've you, you've had maybe a few years where you didn't have the greatest quarterbacks in the world, but you guys have mainly had some quality quarterback play for a long time. Um, do you feel like as Seahawks fans that the, 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 the fan base, what it being a bit spoiled to that thinking that it's a little easier to get a quarterback possibly than, than other organizations that, you know, that have been struggling to try to find a quarterback for decades. Do you feel like there was a sense of, if they accepted what the bears were offering, we'd be cool with that, you know, because that was a, they were offering what three first, uh, two seconds and some great players. I don't see any way that they would have ever taken that deal. When the reports came out that they were sleeping on it. I, I, this is just my personal opinion. I highly doubt that they were strongly considering this because the bears pick is 20th overall. They weren't going to be able to get one of those top quarterbacks unless they traded up and then you're getting rid of a bunch of the picks you just amassed in the trade. Or if you were going to get Deshaun Watson, we all know right now that there's been a huge wrench thrown into that process with what's going on in the news. I'm not going to dive too much into that. Yeah, yeah, certainly. The point is that if the Seahawks were going to move him, to me the only way that it would have made any sense, and I still probably wouldn't have done it if I'm general manager, but if you can get one of the top picks and you could get one of the – stud quarterbacks in this draft class, then maybe you're willing to pull the trigger if you feel like that bridge has been burned beyond repair or if somehow the Texans are linked in your trade talks and you can get Deshaun Watson. Otherwise, it made no sense. The Cowboys the- resigned Prescott. You weren't going to be able to get – Derek Carr's not going anywhere. The Raiders aren't trading him. So they weren't going to get a quality return where they could get a quarterback. And you can't roll the dice thinking – we're going to get another quarterback in the third round that's going to become a Hall of Famer like Russell Wilson. That just doesn't happen very often. Yeah. So I think they've made like the right they- move here, not you know making a bold move and trading him away. Again, Absolutely. next season, maybe if things don't play out as Seattle and Wilson hopes, then maybe we revisit this. But for now, everything seems to be well. heading in the right direction for the team and the player. Yeah, do you feel like the – you know, I, I think that the GMs are going to be the most logical in this, right? They're going to – they're going to approach it realizing, yes, this is not something we want to do. We are not getting rid of Russell Wilson. You know, he is way too important and too rare of a you know commodity at this point in time to try to replace. But as Seahawks fans, they, I, I think there's a sense that we know that quarterback's important. But if you hear three firsts and two, I mean, with your ear on the ground, understanding more about that fan base than we do, do you think that there was a sense of like, from the fans specifically that that they were okay if Russ wasn't there anymore? I think there was a small minority that was okay with that. I could go back and look on social media and you would find some people, he's become a diva, let's get rid of him. But I would say 90% of the fan base was on Russell Wilson's side. There was a lot more people saying it's time to fire Pete Carroll, which I don't agree with that either. Um, But you had two extremes there. I think most people, which is, this is weird because in today's society, it's usually you pick one extreme or the other. But I think yeah. most people were actually in the middle saying there's a little bit of blame for both these guys. Kiss and make up, sing kumbaya, whatever you got to do. Let's go into 2021 yeah. feeling good about this situation. So I think that's where most fans fell. Good. All right. Cool. Cool. That's, uh, 
I know as, uh, as Panthers fans, we know the value of a quarterback all too well, and we've learned that over the past few seasons. And I know that when you're when you're kind of and we we fill it with our fan base, you know, being you know spoiled somewhat by the cam over the past you know decade when we didn't have him. Like before we didn't have him, we got a little bit of average quarterback play, and we're like, oh, we can do this without him. And now we're realizing, oh, we do need a quarterback that's elite in order to be able to compete in this league. And 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 I just didn't know if there was a sense of that, you know, kind of uh, of of just being spoiled, not really realizing how important that role that Russell Wilson plays is to that organization. All right. Well, look, Corbin Smith. I know Corbin's got to do a TV spot in just a little while. Uh, Corbin, you're Seahawks Maven writer for SI. Tell them how they can follow you on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. Uh, you can visit SeahawkMaven.com. And we've got plenty on David Moore on there if you want to search our archives. We've got plenty of articles on David Moore for Panthers fans that want to learn a bit more about him. We have our free agent primer on there that we put up about a month ago or so that you can look at. We've got film breakdowns on David Moore, all kinds of good stuff for the new Panther. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter at our website, and that's how you can see our stuff. All right, man. We appreciate your time, Corbin. Have a good night. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Uh, that's Corbin Smith. Take Check him out. Seahawk Maven, uh, SI.com. Um, guys, let's go ahead. We're talking about quarterbacks. We might as well continue on that train of discussion. Most recently, um, there was a video. Let me see if I can figure out how to put it up here with this. Which one is it? Here, this comes out. Uh, most recently is Will Greer posted this on Twitter. It's been a long time since I have felt this way about something, but now, but now, I'm controlling my mind. The days are warm, the nights are cold, the lost is found. I'm found Lord knows I need something to fill this void Lord knows I need something to fill this void Lord knows I need something to fill this void Lord knows I need something to fill this void for people listening on the audio, this is Will Greer throwing uh, to CMC, DJ Moore. It's produced. It was in Charlotte, which that's where he's from. DJ Moore ends it with this little cute appearance of uh, him smiling for the camera. I think the 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 song selection is important, first of all. Right. Is that is that you hear this has been a long time since I've felt so, oh, this way about something. So uh, you can go check on Carolina Cat Chronicles dot com. So who that is, too. That's J. Cole. No, no, that's a J. Cole, North Carolina artist. Oh, is it J. Cole? That's J. Right. Cole. Uh, from uh, L.A. Bitches from L.A. Hoes. I like his, that. What like I only know one song. Why? Like, you know, I'm old. I'm old. Um, and it, so long time since I felt this way uh, about something. And if you go to CarolinaCatChronicles.com, I put a story up here about it. And, you know, he's a forgotten man. 
for a while for me is that you know what i'm saying is like he it still the panthers, is the panthers vacillated back and forth though about who the quarter the backup quarterback was going to be last year right it was a week by week announcement um and you could almost see not only did we hate his this pick right is it almost like he may have accepted some of that talk so i thought this was interesting Kind of like, here's my comeback. Here's me throwing with the ones and all of this. What I think it means is this, is that I am the Panthers' backup quarterback. That's what I think that that video means. But most interesting to me was, is that he puts up this produced thing, DJ CMC. Guess who is nowhere to be found? Teddy Bridgewater. Um, so not that I'm all of a sudden looking like uh, that Will Greer is like the sa- like the Panthers are going with him. But you know what? I wouldn't even be that mad. I'd be less mad about him being the quarterback than I would Teddy Bridgewater in some ways. And, I, and you know, I, just, I just thought this, is that he put this out there. These guys knew they were in it. This is one more breadcrumb that the rift with the Carolina Panthers and Teddy Bridgewater is not manufactured, dude. It's real. Yeah. yeah, and and can I just say too, like I, I get that we're all skeptical about, skeptical about Will Greer, but we really don't know what this guy can be because in college he was a pretty legit player his last two years. I mean, he threw thirty seven touchdowns and eight interceptions in a senior year. Uh, that's pretty good. I think he had seventy one touchdowns in two years at West Virginia. So the guy has the 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 ability to do it. I know college is not the pros, but he really only played one game for us in a meaningless season and a meaningless point in the season. And and he had he threw for two hundred twenty eight yards and three interceptions. I've seen Bridgewater do that, so why not give this guy a chance over Bridgewater? I mean, We've seen Cam do know. that exactly. That's what I'm saying. I've seen a lot of quarterbacks do that. It was his first game. I mean, I know he played a little bit in the game before that, but that was his first start, his first game, and we haven't seen him since against a fantastic defense. By yeah, the way, a great like, Colts defense. Yeah, and know, he played it, against New Orleans the week before that. Yeah, it's. <laughs> so it's, I mean. Yeah, it was. I'm it, it, not really interested in really seeing him. I just think it tells more about the other storylines than it does about the Will Greer storyline. Yeah, I mean, and I get the the problem that I have is that you know the idea of Will Greer almost offers a visceral reaction from Panthers fans. Mm-hmm. You know, but, and, and he's already checked out of the podcast. Like he stopped listening once we started talking about Will Greer. Yeah, right. And then, <laughs> and honestly, I get it because you look at that one thing. I mean, we were already. Number one, what Will Greer does is it reminds us of a moment that we all hated, which was we had to start thinking about a future without Cam Newton. Right. Because Ooh. that that draft was the beginning of that. We had to start thinking, are we that when we picked Will Greer right there, we then had to start realizing that we were one year away from having to actually make the decision of whether we're extending Cam or not. Right. And then we start having to ask these questions because we hadn't really seen the level of play since 2017 that that we were looking for from Cam because of injuries and whatnot. And now we have this conversation going on. Unless he had a great year, we knew we weren't going to be bringing him back anyway. You know, right? So you're like a psychologist, bro. He's raising a you're great a psychologist. Point. Yeah. It's more than you. It's we have talked on this show for a bazillion hours about all of this yeah. over the last several years. And we have devoted a lot of time towards Will Greer, hate, love, this and that. Greg went back and checked the tape to see if we like, you know, all of this. Like, yeah. There's been real hours and time and thought put into Will Greer. Yeah. But it turns out it's not him being a bust as a pick. 
that is the problem. I mean, yeah, that is a symptom of a problem, but you dug deep there. It really is like us getting our binky taken away from us. Yeah. A blanket I mean, or something. Think about it. In 2019, we had such a shoddy offensive line. That's why Cam was out, you know? And then what, who are wide receivers in 2019? Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore. Was that it? We did have yeah. DJ Moore, but I think Curtis Samuel was injured um, okay. for the for the last half of 2019. I could be wrong, or we just weren't using him appropriately. So yeah, that's, oh, what I'm, hold on, I'm, that's what I'm saying. This guy might is. I'm not saying he's the answer. I'm really not. But as CK was just bringing up, I would have rather seen Cam than Will Greer any day. But I think I'm at the point I'd rather see Will Greer than Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, you know, 100%. that's just kind of where I'm at. So. But my, my my thing is this, and I hate to break up this little kumbaya session over Will Greer. <laughs> like, so, okay, no, 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 one hundred percent is. And let no, me tell it's you being why realistic. It is. Let me tell you why it is. Kyle Allen, PJ Walker, uh, wasn't Taylor Heineke also? Uh, I mean, how many other people have started over Will Greer when he was essentially? Can I, can I drafted, ask you a question, Cody? Wait, hold on, when he was essentially drafted. And if Greg wants to pull up the tape on this, he can. Uh, in our post-draft show, I said Will Greer is a contingency plan. He is an insurance policy yeah. Yeah. for when you know if, if uh, uh, Cam Newton gets hurt again, we have a backup that can come in, has potential, and isn't going to tank our season. And the fact of the matter is not only has he not been that, but he hasn't even been able to beat out someone like P.J. Walker who came in off the streets after we signed Teddy Bridgewater and couldn't even win the number two spot. Kyle Allen beat him out. That's not the point. But here's the thing. I I I think this is an important thing. We want to look at that as one thing, right? But Mm -hmm. if you want to look at that, Cody, we also got to look at the coaching staff that put Teddy Bridgewater ahead of him. Exactly. We've got to also look at the coaching staff that we didn't trust to run our, our organization that we got rid of with Marty Herney and Ron Rivera. So you're telling me that because that they passed on him, they also sat uh, Brian Burns a lot last year. Right? Well, I'm saying they, that I'm saying two different coaching regimes didn't play him. Yeah, Ron Rivera's and Matt Rule. So that right, says number one. Number one is not he, about he Will, number one is not about Will Greer being good or bad because we all no one thinks he's good here really. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's best, giving him a fair well, shake. Yeah. At the very best, you could got some people are saying we don't really know if he's terrible, but we don't have any evidence to suggest otherwise. That's uh, good, yeah. but the the real thing I think that code uh, that CK was on to is this is it's got nothing to do with Greer. It just has to do like some of us were sickened by the thought of life without my kid without Cam at the mm-hmm. moment. Next, really. There is no who cares about Will. Like, even if you look at it, like, he don't look like he's, like, physically imposing or anything like this in this video. The point is Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore are working out on their own, and they are not working with Teddy Bridgewater. And someone in the chat room, if you could highlight the comment, if you can find it, said Teddy Bridgewater's head and shoulders above Will Greer. And that very actually, I don't, I don't even know if that's true, A or B, and nor do Nobody I care. Can say that. This really just means that none of the the stuff that 
people are like, oh, you think that the like the the relate relationship with Teddy is messed up? You guys are uh, reading into this so much. There is no evidence to suggest anything good about the Panthers and Teddy Bridgewater at the moment. That's all I'm saying is that even if Teddy, what if Teddy Bridgewater, which Matt Rule in his uh, final press conference said Teddy Bridgewater needed to have a tremendous offseason. Those were exact words. Teddy Bridgewater needs to have a tremendous off. He did not finish the season playing his best football. He needs to have a tremendous offseason. This is not a moment where, um, you know, he learns about being potentially traded for Matthew Stafford. And then all of a sudden he's like, you know what? I'm going to triple down my work and I'm going to show the Panthers. I'm going to show everybody they got wrong. I'm going to call CMC up. We're going to work out every afternoon. I'm going to get. No, he's just missing. So another piece of evidence that just says, like right now, there is less and as the each day passes, it less and less seems that Teddy Bridgewater is in Carolina's plan at all. Yeah. 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 You know, it's not if he's going to be on day one. It's this. It's like right now I'm just waiting for any bit of evidence that says that they are planning to proceed. Right now everything suggests otherwise. Now, let's pivot that conversation to what the talk of the town was, the toast of the town, just two weeks ago on this show, everybody's gushing to trade anything and everything for Deshaun Watson. But since over the last week, 10 days or so. First, stories emerge that there was going to be a civil lawsuit against Deshaun Watson for some sort of inappropriate sexual harassment type behavior from a sex uh, from a for like a massage therapist. Then we hear right as like people immediately like so this lawyer puts this out like he puts this out and he's like creating this storyline too as he's doing it. Right. And immediately there's a lot of controversy over. Is this the way a lawyer should tackle something? What do we think about the genuineness of this? Then another name comes up with the lawsuit. So you're thinking, oh, we have this one or two complaints by these two people. Deshaun Watson last Tuesday comes out and says, I've never treated any woman, but with the utmost respect. And over the last six days, that number has gone from two to three to nine to 12 with reports saying there is an additional 12 more to come. So right now is that Deshaun Watson has gone from a guy who potentially was was the Jets were coming after him. The Dolphins could be coming after him. The Panthers could be coming after him. Hell, we have people up here talking about straight swaps for Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson to now, as each passing day goes by, whether or not he's guilty or not, at this point, we can let all this play out, and we'll talk about those kind of details in that story. Right now, the guy could be on the commissioner non-exempt list going into the 2021 season. It has gone from zero to a thousand in a shake of a stick. I told you, man, a whole lot of bad puns. A whole lot of bad puns. A whole lot of easy windows. Chat, that was prepare good. yourself now. Prepare good. yourself now. By the way, before we get into this, um, hey, but by before we get into this wet, juicy discussion about massage parlors, 
uh, CK, I do believe it is that time again, my friend. All righty, all righty, all righty. C3 Panthers podcast. If you have not hit that like button, this is for you. Sub, 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 subscriber shame. Subscriber shame. 115 people watching. What a dope number that is, man. 50 people in the light. Hit the like button. Get our numbers up. That helps us get seen by more and more people. Uh, you know, helps grow Panther Nation. Man, we love doing this. We love that you guys love us doing this, and we want to continue to do it with an ever-expanding group of Panther fans. So like this, hit the notification bell, share this with all your Panther friends and family, man. We're having the discussion. Like my man Tony Dunn always says, we're just in the car going home from the Panthers game, man, talking about the Carolina Panthers and uh, talking about the latest news going on with this team that we all love, man. So hit the like button. Um I mean, listen, I, I want to start off on this. Uh, I am the resident Clemson fan here uh, on the podcast, so I, I would feel you know, remiss if I didn't give my, my statements on this, right? I obviously don't know Deshaun Watson. I've never met the man. You know, most of us will never meet our biggest uh, heroes in, in sports, right? They say um, don't meet your heroes. Have you yeah, that them? is true. They say don't meet your heroes. Um, my thing is this. There are so many weird, um, shady aspects to um, everything going on with this situation that it really, really paints the whole thing in almost like a cons- conspiratorial light. Uh, so how about this? Tony Busby uh, is the the lawyer residing over this case with all the different plaintiffs, was the one-time neighbor to Bob McNair, the owner for the Houston Texans. Uh, Tony Busby has also ran as a Republican for political office in Texas before. Uh, he's a really weird dude, okay? Um, on, on top of it all, the, the timing of this is just crazy, man. Uh, the, you know, like right as Deshaun Watson is trying to reset the free agency market, now all of a sudden there's th- this trove of, of women that, that says that he is this creepy sexual abuser and specifically with massage therapists and that he calls in massage therapists um and and makes them do all these all these things listen man i don't know uh what goes on behind closed doors and and like i said i don't know deshaun watson personally but every other report you know, uh, about Deshaun and his character and what he does for the community and just who he is as a person. If you know his story and what he went through growing up, like he really does have an incredible story behind him. So that's why this whole thing is just so crazy to me. Uh, Deshaun maintains his innocence. Uh, he says that he uh, looks forward to proving his innocence. Um, and then on top of that, we have this weird thing where a precedent has been set because Ben Roethlisberger um, also never had criminal charges brought against him and is still playing football today, as we all know. Mm-hmm. So it, it's. Well, yeah. first, that was way before um, yeah. the kind of recent rounds of uh, like disciplinary reforms have gone through with the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not saying uh, the the. Over the last decade, the NFL has made some changes, 
particularly when it comes to domestic violence being the one, the the certain issue. Now, I, I'm going to pose this question to you, Cody, and then the other guys can chime in. First, I've, I have heard that this, like you said, he's a weird character, but I've also heard that he's like reputable in a way of like as an attorney across the country. Like, so he's not like just like Better Call Saul showed up one thing. Is he? Because then apparently he's, he said that he talked to the Houston Police Department and then they put out an official tweet that says we have not spoken to Tony Busby. So. Mm. I don't know, man. Well, I mean, I've just heard lawyers say this, like in one, and man, like who knows if they know anything? You know what I'm saying? Like, but he's like known, like like they knew his name or something like that, right? right? The thing for me is, is that you know all this kind of those stories, they make some sort of a sense in the beginning, right? It's like neighbor McNair and these guys. Is that guy even, by the way, alive anymore? McNair? McNair, no, the owner of yeah. the Texans is dead. Bob okay, so like then, who? Why would he be trying to help the Texans if his old neighbor isn't even alive anymore? All right, so that's one thing. Still, the other thing is that all right, the collu- So that implies collusion. It doesn't imply it; just straight up says collusion, and that also means that this would be manufactured. And okay, all right, like let me say, and I do believe that in a system where people need to be viewed as innocent until proven guilty. So I'm not saying he's guilty, but it's a lot harder to make a collusion argument the more and more voices that come forward. And like as a defense, like this is like a smear campaign. If it is, it gets more complex and complicated as 12, 13, 14 names get involved. And, you know, like if if that if you were just trying to smear somebody, maybe you should just get two girls to you pay them, you do this and you figure out how to do it. All of a sudden, it's just it's grown. It's grown so fast and wildly. And then it does seem like they have a similar type of there's like a common thread on it. Like you said, it's weird. It's like this massage therapist. Like, why don't you just get a prostitute? A number one B to number two is that like, it's all this weird, like, you know, it's like, he's like finds these, like, it's like something one, like his like thing or something. I just say this is it's very hard to continue and maintain the collusion argument as more and more people, Go, come forward right the more smoke there is it's harder to say there's no fire over there and then probably most importantly and most relevant to the carolina panthers is how can you truly as a team be ready despite whatever vetting you do this and that be willing to trade a lot for deshaun watson with the uncertainty surrounding it? Can, can i just I'm thinking about this, and you're right. I I feel like this is kind of a smear campaign because you ask why, how can the Panthers reach out for that? Well, well, listen, I I get that, and I understand every case is different, but I've been sitting here looking it up while we're talking about it. There's 44 NFL players that have been charged with uh, some kind of sexual misconduct or assault, uh, domestic violence. And listen to these names. Ahmad Brooks, Ben Roethlisberger, C.J. Spillman, Jameis Winston, Julian Edelman, Mark Sanchez, Adrian Peterson, Brandon Marshall, Adam Jones – Robert Kraft, like, and those are just a few big names I pulled out of it. If those guys wanted to come to your team, would you even question it? 
And that's the only thing I'm asking because in the middle of a scandal, yes. In the middle of a scandal, yes. Is that it's all right? Is that I think we did a disservice by letting Ben Roethlisberger get off and all of it. But you Mm -hmm. know what? Is that if if Watson goes through and all of this is dismissed, there's not enough proof in this and that. I'm not saying he shouldn't be in the NFL. I don't know if the Panthers though could be given three firsts for this dude right now. Yeah. And, it, it all does depend on how it ends up turning out. You're right. I mean, if he's guilty, then I completely agree. I don't want him, but I just feel like people painting him guilty immediately is, is, is thing. I'm not saying y'all are doing that. Just, yeah, to, I think that like know. one, the, the, you know, and you're right, Tony, the precedent has been set. Like listen to the names that you just read off. I mean, those guys still played and still went on to play some of their best football, even after the accusations. So, mm-hmm. Um, and then there's so many inconsistencies. Like it, it's so easy to say, okay, now there's so many women. Well, dude, he's you know he's he's guilty. And uh, you know there's also all these different stories. I think seven or four bound Charlotte put one up too. That there was a woman that came to him originally, uh, uh, threatening a, a lawsuit if she didn't get thirty thousand or thirty k. But then Watson. Uh, basically told her to go to hell and then now she's a part of this there's so many different things and i don't want to just instantly jump on well okay either deshaun is innocent or all of these women are lying i I think that it's you know it's true that the you know the truth is probably maybe somewhere even, even in the middle you know like i don't necessarily i mean but for all of a sudden deshaun to just be like a serial massage therapist sexual assaulter like it's just so out of the blue and then we're all just supposed to believe it instantly like Mm -hmm. now now it doesn't matter if he's innocent or guilty now that his name is attached to all of this in the in the media and in the minds of fans now his name is connected to this kind of story Mm -hmm. you don't just jump away from this so like to me this this screams of, of a grudge. Someone has a grudge and, and they're, and they're this is the biggest, their this, this, there's, a, there's a great tweet floating around. It's in the discord chat, by the way, you can find the discord link in the show notes on YouTube. Um, there's a great tweet that's floating around is like, either if this is made up, this is the greatest smear campaign in the history of the world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And two, if, it, and if not, it's really fucking bad both ways. Yeah awful i just think here is that overall cody is that it's just so hard for me to maintain that like even if it's not as bad as they say like is like this is a lot surrounding it but the other thing i would point out is that i think that fans and the media and people have actually been remarkably patient with this story at least yeah. for, maybe it's just but maybe it's just because I'm watching the Panthers Twitter and everybody mm, yeah. on Watson so bad. Maybe my tunnel is looking at people that are like, let the system play out. I actually if this would have happened to a and, and to be honest, it's even more surprising with a black quarterback that they are being this patient. Yeah. In the mm. in the story with it. Yeah. I know everybody's like, you don't say his name on the podcast. Imagine if this would have come out about Cam. Like he would have been like a serial murderer. Like he would have been FBI most wanted. Oh, there there would have been criminal charges immediately. Like there wouldn't have been hesitated. And and can I point? That has panned out so slowly, to be honest, because usually social media, particularly on 
situations with sports players and that involve kind of almost female issues, but like the me too type, you know, like the, you would have all of these women that don't even follow sports just piling on. I haven't seen that just yet. Well, and Tony, I just want to say real quick, you were, I was talking earlier about all those characters that had gone through that stuff and you were saying in the moment, you're absolutely right. In the moment, it is a little different the way teams look at them, but we've even set a precedent for that because Antonio Brown got signed and won a Super Bowl this year. And he's still yeah. awaiting trial for his charges. He's still awaiting trial what for his charges. Were there there uh, is a weird story about Antonio. I mean, it's crazy. Sorry. The one story I know that has to do with sex with Antonio Brown is supposedly he had a physical therapist over there. And she was like watching TV and he came up and on her back. Like, like he just... Yeah busted on her back that's like not only was that story so weird it was just like but here is that yeah actually everybody has been talking shit about antonio but but nobody seems to care that he was on the team and won the super bowl if you're if you're a tampa bay fan you don't give a damn he just helped you do you remember the other story about Antonio Brown and a massage therapist? Apparently, he would go to get physical therapy or something, and he would just fart and not have any care <laughs> or regard for anybody else. He would just just let it go. You know, uh, the Le'Veon Bell was my favorite story, where he had to he like had to go to practice or something. He comes back and they stole like. 60 grand where the jewelry or 200 grand where the jewelry called the police up and they asked him what they were wearing. He's like, I don't know. When I left, they didn't have nothing on on the phone. Um, But here is this, regardless of his, uh, of the, of what the, this turns out to be, if you're the Panthers who were seriously thinking about giving up whatever it took, and among other teams, very similar to give whatever it takes to get to Sean Watson, the risk all of a sudden went way up. Imagine if, I mean, there's a good chance he could be on a commissioner exempt list, might automatically serve a certain expansion, maybe be out until this is all yeah. resolved. I can see that. I mean, then, so it, it, imagine if you would have traded three first and, this and that, and then this came out two days later, and you're like, whole franchise just destroyed. You know, what, you know what's even crazier? Let's say all this is, you know, obviously we'll wait and see what happens with it all, but let's say this all is true, and and let's say, that, you know, let's just work on the assumption that it is not this grand conspiracy, right? How much have the Houston Texans just shit the bed? Right? They had what offers on the table? They could have like literally had this entire off season, like and would would have been they would have won, especially if Deshaun Watson is put on the commissioner exemplus. Like if that would be the case, like that would just think about that. Like it, it, we, yeah, Houston Texans could have had a plethora of picks, possibly players, and now they are looking at a quarterback that they're going to have to pay. That yeah, they might be can't even. And yeah. and in the worst case, in the worst scenario, they might have to cut uh, one. Just go back to circle back to Greg's comment about the people we have justified and this and that. Mm-hmm. There's also a bunch of people that we have destroyed in social media True. and also have been ruined 
deservedly sometimes and un- and maybe too much at other times. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of instances. Well, look, is that I think that um, Greg Hardy deservedly, even though I, I think people act like they never heard that people on drugs and stuff act like this all the time. So that like this was like he was the only madman in the room. They were all on drugs and crazy. But still, Greg Hardy was a story that we couldn't get past. No one got past. And that was largely because of the video evidence of the Ray Rice stuff overlapping it. And so you saw Ray Rice knock out his fiance, and then you hear 911 calls from Greg Hardy, who then choked out his girlfriend with assault rifles and cocaine or whatever. You know, those guys suffered the wrath. But then who was the guy from uh, San Francisco who then played with the uh, Ruben Foster? Ruben Foster. Yeah, yeah, Ruben Foster. Foster. He played with Had the Walker, trouble, Washington have been in too. trouble in the past, but then um, his like false allegations, and the 49ers cut him immediately to save this safe face. So we do. It's timing, it's the position, it's the money, it's the consequences, and we find ways to justify and validate, you know, whatever. I do. do you, what are your thoughts, though? Is that Cody? Tell us about this tweet you put up here. So yeah, I just put it up because I felt like like it's relevant, and I think that it's still probably indicative of you know what's going on. This is from two days ago. Uh, it says the Eagles, Panthers, Jets, Dolphins, 49ers, and Broncos are still interested in a potential trade for Deshaun Watson. Uh, despite his pending lawsuits. So at, at the time that this came out, it was still around 22-something women that were a part of the lawsuit. Apparently now it's up to, to 30. Which, again, it's just- oh, I heard 24. The number I heard is it was going to be, but it's 14, 12 or 14 official with more to come. Are they all massage therapists? I don't know every single massage complaint, therapy. but uh, that's... That's what it's being made to look like. That it's all massage therapists, and he's always asking for favors. He just he he's the he got he thought that these licensed therapists like this and that. He thought they worked at the. He thought when you do a private message, (laughs) he thought it was just a rub and tug place, and that that's what he was like. Gosh, I'm the one that's out of line here. I think (laughs) I think uh, I think we just need to blame whoever was on his team when he was a rookie who made him believe that. Oh yeah, if you see these massage therapists on Instagram, they uh they they're all just it's just another another word for for, you know, hand job. Uh, yeah, my, hand job. My, my question is, did he use a different one every time? Yeah, that's, I, the, that's I, the, I, the weird part about it. Well, I, I feel like if he used one more than once and he maybe he made a move on her the first time and then she comes back and does it and offers to do it again, that almost sounds like consent to me. Mm. I mean, if she refused right. to do it the first time, if she time, refused to do it straight up, then no. But why would you come back if you've refused to do it? And I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the story. I don't know if it's a different person every time. And like I said, I'm not. I just don't understand why you yeah, need I don't know to have that many massages when you have an entire organization that provides you all that stuff. Like, and why? Why have a different one? Like, why? I mean, I just that that's yeah, the part that I'm. I have a that, question about massage therapist. Got dang carpal tunnel. <laughs> Um, Kevin, Gray, dude, Kevin Gray's dude. right though. With this many women making claims, this is a quickly culminating mm-hmm. from a civil case to potentially a criminal case. 
He says the criminal investigation is extremely likely. And I don't think that um, I don't think the comparison to Jameis Winston is appropriate. Actually, he did actually have a real rape potential case. Now, that case, but the Uber driver thing and stuff, I don't think this doesn't if this was a one off where he got a little too verbal or or something, you know, it's it's, the, it's just the amount that's starting to get weird. Um, any thoughts, though, about Carolina being a good place to rehabilitate Sean Watson? I think he would have fit better in with Jerry Richardson on Gene Friday, to be honest. Uh, he's here every Tuesday night. Um, I would listen, man. Like, I feel like I'm still biting my my tongue on, on some of this shit. But, like, you know, I think that if, if Deshaun Watson – came here and for whatever reason you know uh, we were able to move on from this situation i mean listen i have no doubt that deshaun watson would come in and and go to work but i I don't think he would even need rehabilitated and look i'm just gonna say man i don't give a damn if people call me a conspiracy theorist or not i'm just gonna say because i know this is on the minds of a lot of people too right you mentioned something earlier right and i think that it's important to mention this uh, you know, you mentioned like, what if this was Cam Newton? And yeah, we would have, you know, the media would have handled it so he much. Been crucified. Yeah, way more different. He would have been crucified. Also, right. And again, I know we're, uh, I'm going to talk about this. And I know that we're a bunch of white dudes talking about this. So I would try and do this justice too. Um, but we know that the Houston Texans have had so many different rumors of a bunch of underhanded racist shit coming from their organization. This is the same organization that had an owner um, that said you cannot let the inmates run the prison. Okay. And that was a big well, he's deal. Dead now. And it pissed off. Dead. No, it doesn't matter because it's indicative it of a culture. It, no, no, it does matter because it's indicative of a culture. Apparently, the um, you know, the, the Houston Texans have built a, a toxic culture for a while now in Houston. And go back to that saying. Don't let the inmates run the prison. To me, this seems like if Deshaun Watson was able to force his way out of uh, out of a football team, well, he is a quarterback in his prime, let alone a black quarterback in his prime. You're talking about resetting the free agency market for quarterbacks. Like this is unpre- what quarterback in their prime has ever forced their way out of a football team because That's he didn't get the before. tinfoil out, dude. Get the tinfoil hat out because dude, there I'm are saying, easier and less complicated out. ways to to accomplish those goals. I just plant some drugs on in his water or something. This is a, tw- a 31 case of this allegations. <clears throat> There's far too many moving parts. There's too easy to prove perjury in these cases, right? It's like it's too complicated. And while he, I might, I, I don't know if he is the the monster that this that those numbers suggest. But let's let the the other thing is is that no matter how good or whatever we come off, we all got a side to us. That we don't, we're not honest about in the public and in the face. So I'm not, you know, you don't, you don't think that's just a little bit weird? How the scope of this? 
Oh, no, you're trying to tell us something, bro? Oh, really? Weird. I think the whole. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm a murderer, dude. I, you know, I will not get my DNA tested because I have not taken murder off the table yet in my life. Okay. Like, for y'all, watch out. Like, I'm not putting my stuff in the database. I'm keeping that option open. Understandable. Well, I, I also want to point out too that Cody, while I don't think you're wrong, I think the the don't let the inmates run the run the prison is a bad analogy. I think it's just a, a generational thing, and 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 he's an older person, so that meant something different to him, possibly. I mean, I, my my thing is. I can't judge a person completely on one bad analogy because I can look at any kind of music and hear people talk about stuff that if that's gonna, what I'm going to judge their character on, what they're singing about and making money about, then we're talking about a totally different game here. Now, I'm also not arguing that the Texans are toxic and it's a horrible organization and there's stuff going on there. I'm just saying I feel like I feel more like that's a bad analogy he was making to just saying I can't let the players run the team, a poor choice of words. I don't necessarily know if that was a jab or not, like calling them his inmates or making it seem like well, he owned how, them type deal. I, I, I don't. Th- I think Greg, that that's the in some of the ways the point is the institutionalized racism of in talk and yeah, like, yeah. I, I, but that's built into the ethos. So right. go back, Cody. Last yeah. the last question, Cody. It's not last question. I'm asking you again. As the number of complaints grow, is it harder? To for you to Tim Fool hat dismiss this, and I'm not saying you're dismissing it, that's not the right word, but yeah, continue to cape up or whatever we need to so, say. So, look, man, I think Corey <laughs> Roberts kind of hits the nail on the, on the head. <laughs> um, and you know, there's a lot of suspect things on both sides, it's impossible mm-hmm. to tell if he's innocent or guilty now, but it's clear, you know, that something has happened, not worth pursuing him until <laughs> it's cleared up, and ultimately. I mean, whether he is innocent or guilty, he is tainted now. And, uh, you know, now whatever team trades for him, all the questions are going to instantly be, you know, why were you so sure about signing Deshaun Watson when there are, you know, 24 something? Yeah, withstanding. And and again, I'm not saying that it makes this uh, simple. Or easy. None of this is simple or easy. Uh, uh, now he is definitely tainted goods. Um, the only thing I can think, if there's any truth to the fact that teams are still interested in Deshaun Watson, is because they feel that a precedent has been set, that there are no criminal charges, that worst case scenario, he could be suspended for maybe six or eight games, and then you if still have Deshaun Watson for the rest of his career. If this is if that's uh even if this comes out to be half true, if all there is is a six game suspension, the whole the whole d- NFL, which we've already known their way of penalizing people, is just a bunch of bullshit and farce. Because even if this is half true, a quarter true, one twenty fourth true is that it deserves probably more than that. And if it wasn't a high-profile quarterback, it would certainly be that. The best part about this for the Panthers, and hopefully it comes out, that is that it is false. But there's a point where we stop asking if teams are going to trade for Deshaun Watson, and we start asking when are the Texans going to cut Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Like there's a point where, and that's why I don't, I don't think any NFL team would be willing to trade anywhere into this, despite their own investigation or anything. Like, I don't care. You can send Marty Herney and whoever the hell you want over there, private detective scouts or whatever to go over there and try to figure out what's going on. But you would be what a PR nightmare. This would be to inherit that situation, even if it does come out that it's 100% fabricated, it would still be, a, you know, something that these giant organizations have never wanted to affiliate. If they don't want to affiliate with a guy taking a knee during the national anthem, <laughs> how the hell are they going to be wanting to, to connect their name to this? The thing that uh, next saddened me about this storyline, though, is that I never got my hopes up about the Panthers trading for Deshaun Watson in the first place. And I was doing it on purpose, right? Because if it happened, I would be so elated. Yeah. I would be more elated than the person who expected the trade, right? And if it didn't happen, it's almost like the, it's not the prisoner's dilemma. It's the, what is it? The, there is a, a paradox where like, uh, it's better to believe in God than not to believe in God because if it's right, you at least believed in God and go to heaven. Yeah. And it's kind of like dumb. It's like it. And if it's wrong, then so what? You would never know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, you would never know you were wrong. Right. And so this is the paradox that has been, that's what I'm talking about is with the hope for Deshaun Watson. But really, as I continue to look at segues to the Panthers relationships to the Panthers on this, I'm saddened that all of a sudden, what if the Jets aren't interested in trade? Well, now the Jets won't be wanting Deshaun Watson. Now the Dolphins don't want Deshaun Watson. Now the guess what they do want? Quarterbacks in the damn draft. And so do we. So despite any of this, is it hurts the Panthers' ability to trade up in the draft for a quarterback or at least makes it more difficult? I think there is some news on that front if we want to transition to that. Um, with regard to, I don't know if you guys have heard, but the Jets have been signing people with the notion that Sam Darnold is their quarterback moving forward. Hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, I heard, this has come from one tweet, or not one tweet, one story. This came from the Corey Brown. Is that his name? Corey Davis. Corey Davis. Yeah, came from the, uh, the Titans, and he said. That they had told him that they're rolling with Darnold. Like, so you got that one. Then NFL rumors on Twitter said multiple free agents. So I have one confirmed. I don't trust that one. But it's, do you think they're really going to be disappointed if the Jets pick like the t- one of the top picks? Like, oh, they ain't ever played with no. no it's not a matter of disappointment. It's a matter of what they're setting as far as the precedent right now. Like, I, mm-hmm. whether or not they actually are, their intention is is like whatever their intention may end up being. The reality is, if they're saying that their intention is to stick with Arnold, there's a and it could be smoke in the water, right? They could be, mm-hmm. you know, trying to see what people are willing to offer for that next round, you know, for the for for moving up in that in the draft, but. I'm just saying right now from that perspective, and it's a conversation we've had and we've seen being, you know, continuing, you know, out there in the stratosphere is are you prepared as an organization just a few years into a guy who's 23 or 24 years old to write him off as somebody when you just drafted him so high 
I mean, is that really the approach that you guys are taking? Or are we going to continue to have the same thing that the Browns were doing for the longest time, yeah. which is drafting people and then assuming they were the problem yeah. or hiring yeah. coaches and not adjusting based on the, the like, it's the coach's fault. So we're going to fire them after one year. We're going to fire them. Like, he was never, he was he was in an inept, uh, like an, an entirely inept organization. Um, and that's not to say Darnold is going to come out and throw What's too that? much risk. I think it's too much risk. Is that even if that yeah. say all that's true, is that that is all hoping that all oh, you made all the other right decisions. You could make all the other right decisions and a new right decision in signing Zach Wilson. And go back to that quarterback class. I think that was the Jared Goff. That was the Sam Darnold and no, I think, Jared Goff was a different. Yeah, that was completely different. Jared yeah. Goff and Carson Wentz was in 2006. Oh, okay. Who was uh, Darnold with? Darnold was, was Dar- Rosen, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, Josh Allen mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. Oh, um, yeah. Um, and, and to put it in, like, I think it's important that you guys realize he was sought after more than Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, to say that he is just a complete bust when he hasn't, I mean, he's been given the opportunity to show out, right? And in an organization that's an F that hasn't got a quarterback. Uh, like, I mean, if you watch Pat McAfee, he had a guy come on who said he was watching Sam Darnold's uh, film. And yeah, he's not great, right? He, you know, the film didn't show, but they're all things that are fixable, right? They're all things that can be improved upon. The thing that couldn't be improved upon was who he was playing with because the, the entire, the, the coaching staff was just that bad. Like, and they talk about that. And I mean, it's just, I think that there is a chance that the, the, the Jets realized that letting go of somebody who was at one point more talented in their eyes than Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, I think that says something, guys. My so, boys, Mason from uh, Play Like a Jet podcast, who, I mean, they're not schlubs and he doesn't claim to know exactly what's going to happen, but he says he has no interest. He's seen nothing right now that says we shouldn't just move on. From Donald, like he's, I said, like, what do you want for the number two? He's like, I don't want to give it up. Yeah, I don't, you know. So, uh, would, who, who at number two could they pair with Donald that, that they think could be a success? If they, I mean, they need that offensive line, line. They, they would just continue to draft all offensive line and okay. and what weapons and build around. My thing is this: so I'm not, I'm not a guard so, okay. or right tackle. My, my, uh, yeah. my original thought of this, CK, is that. Um, it's probably a smoke screen, just because yeah. for the for for the sheer fact that you could get a you know a prospect. You know, you watch that Zach Wilson film with me. You know, so it, it, the the prospect of having Zach Wilson on a longer, cheaper deal. Um, you know, I'm sure that that's enticing to them. And no matter what, free agents uh, they're going to play for whoever they're told to play for. However, I do want to go a different direction with this because. I think the Carolina Panthers need to already be in the discussion with the Jets, no matter what they decide to do, no matter what they decide to do, because I think they can help us um, either way. So, for Mm -hmm. example, um, I I genuinely think, and I put this in our chat room earlier, I think the Panthers are going to fall in love with Zach Wilson and with the idea of pairing him and Joe Brady together and what type of magic this offense could be able to create with the weapons. I genuinely believe that's going to happen. I'm even predicting it, right? But let's just say the Jets are like, "Mm, no, but for all those, you know, 
we actually like Zach Wilson and we're going to take him. Well, we need to be prepared for a scenario in my mind where, and you know, uh, break glass in case of emergency type of scenario, meaning the top four quarterbacks are off the board. Nobody's willing to let us trade and the top four quarterbacks are gone and the Panthers are picking at eight. Well, what do you do in that situation? You have to have a plan to be able to go forward in, in the case that you're not able to get your guy. And that's where I do think Sam Donald should come in. And, and, and if for whatever reason the Panthers are not able to land Deshaun uh, and, and we're not able to get a quarterback of the future in the first round, then you have to have some kind of contingency plan. And for all those reasons that you just mentioned, CK, about Darnold not having a team around him, yeah. being, with, being with a terrible head coach, you know, just being on an altogether team that doesn't put him in a position to thrive. Well, yeah. then, yeah, that is a restoration pro- uh, project that I wouldn't mind undergoing if none of our options are available to us. So yeah. uh, I think no matter what they decide to do, we need to be having a discussion with the New York Jets. Because let me tell you, I don't know what Tony's about to say, but I would rather have Sam Darnold over Teddy Bridgewater, over Will Greer, and over P.J. Walker, for sure. I don't like it. I don't like this idea because who cares? If they if they draft Zach Wilson, guess who's going to come cheap? Sam Darnold. Going to be dirt shit. Then we'll move on, Sam. I don't want to be talking about it at that moment. I think that more probable – I think it would be easier to trade with Miami. Trade what? I think that we would like to trade to number three. I think it would be easier to move to three than number two. I think that the Jets – I don't think the Jets – if I was them, I would not want to budge off of this. Like, they need a quarterback more than anybody yeah. or just as much as anybody, just as much as anybody, and they're in the spot. They got a new quarter. They got a new coach. They got all this. Is that To me, it would just be foolish. That would be like saying if we were in the number two spot and somebody came and gave us a King's ransom and said we're going to stay with Teddy Bridgewater. Like, no. Right? But the three pick, we got to get ahead of four. And, like, I'm to me, I'm a Trey Lance guy. Other people are talking to Justin Fields in the chat. And I tell you this is do not go watch Mac. What's his name? Mac Jones? Mac Jones. Do not watch his pro day if you like him. I I watched 15 minutes of it, dude, and I am not a scout, bro, but I watch football, and I know eyeballs. I got eyeballs, bro. This dude, like, he looked like a, first of all, like he had a dad body, number one. Straight up dad body, and he's like 20. I got a dad body, and I'm approaching 40. Understandably, I didn't have no dad body when I was 20. The other thing is, is that this guy, there was nothing to me that jumped out. There's just nothing. It was like, it's like, it looked like, and, and then the first eight minutes of his pro day was the commentators talk commentators talking about, don't let a mispass fool you. Like, because like nothing was going right. I mean, it, like, yes, is the receivers were dropping them and some stuff like that, but it was, but they were cheering. Everybody in that whole building was cheering every time they completed one and they're sitting there going, don't let this one pass. Like the whole time they were defending the thought of what they believed in this person. I'm just looking at it going like, I ain't want nothing to do with this homie. 
Look at the comment I highlighted. <laughs> Lack <laughs> bones. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a, uh, dude, I uh, all right, go ahead, Greg. I'll say I have a question I wanted to post kind of off topic. Cody, are you reading a comment on that? Because if so, I'll go do it after you. No, I'm ahead. Okay. Uh, Kego Fort, I'm not sure how you pronounce that name in the chat, brought up Brady being gone after a year or two. I'm wondering with teams that we're trying to either trade for, like Sean Watson, or how good it's going to be for a quarterback we bring in that we draft number one to know that Joe Brady is going to be gone next year. So do you think there's a possibility that maybe they are passing on quarterback because they know Brady's going to be gone next year and they want to start a quarterback with a, with a, uh, uh offensive coordinator? Because no. I mean, you don't want to, I mean, how hard crazy is that to sell Joe Brady as a reason to be there and have a, have a great talent that could do under Joe Brady. And then, Hey, guess what? Year two, Joe Brady's gone. I would rather a quarterback get the experience of being underneath a good offensive coordinator. Okay. Um, regardless, even if it's just one year. Yeah, it's going to be a headache. But, I mean, I think that makes a lot more sense for a quarterback to at least have said, you know, well, this is what it looks like to be successful in this environment. But we also don't know for a fact that, you know, he's gone, right? If we, could, if we get another sure. quarterback and we have somebody who is uh, exceptional in, in every aspect of the game that we can tell, and we don't do well this year with the weapons that we have, it's nobody to blame but but Joe Brady at that point. Yeah, I mean, we know Joe Brady is going to leave at some point, but my thing is this, it, you know, having a quarterback for the future that you can depend on, man, what better um, bargaining piece to keep Joe Brady here? So, for or example, the the, Joe Brady. Or get well, the next Joe Brady. Yeah, to, to either get the next Joe Brady or to just say, listen, you're young. I mean, me and that guy are the same age. We're both 31 years old, right? Uh, okay, he can. he's still going to be in the, the prime of his life in, in, in the next few years. My thing is this. If we have a quarterback that can chuck it, that can make every throw, well, you know if you're Joe Brady, well, okay, I don't have to rush. To, to be a head coach, like I can learn for a few more years, take my time. I know I have the quarterback. I know I have Matt Rule here. Like Joe Brady can actually be a part of building the Carolina Panthers into what we're going to become. And then he can go and get literally his pick of whatever job that he wants. And he'll, he'll be able to say he has enough experience. He has the offensive resume. That's why this quarterback thing is so important for us right now. I think Joe Brady can still be with us, you know, for more than even we're thinking, because we can make ourselves a better spot for him to be. Yeah. And look at what happened to the coordinator from Kansas City. Yeah, Eric Bianchi. Uh, we we thought he would have been signed two years in a row now. Roman, who's Greg Roman. Yeah. Right? These are names that like you couldn't admit, you, you know wanna that. you wanna hear one even more impressive? Josh McDaniel. Like he got offered head coaching and he decided to stay. And it, he might not be. I still think he's overrated. He, he took a job, didn't he? Didn't he take a job and he then took back the out? Job and he backed out. Yeah, he was supposed to be the Colts head coach, right? And then he took a job I, and backed out or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't want to get into Trey Lance too much because look, as I uh, I was looking at who was that guy? I sent you guys the video. I put it up on Discord. The dude that ran the four two. Oh, uh, God, he's what's his name? Rodell, what's his name? Rodell Moore. He's a 
Rondale Moore, the yeah. wide receiver from. Uh, Can we do with another Purdue? more wide yeah. receiver? I mean, hey, I that's, that, that's a great catch line. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. Put it on yeah, the shirt right there. It's five it. nine, and that is in shoes. But he squats six hundred pounds. This is the time of year where I told you I don't like to look at this draft stuff because every time I look at, it, I'm like I'm in love with all the like, dude. This guy would be. He's the next Tyree here. He's the next Tyree here. So that's how I immediately was with Trey Lance. So I'm in love with Trey Lance. I'm not going to look at anybody. But I watched the Mac Jones thing, to be fair today. And I, I want to present the opposite of what Ke- Kevin Gray said. Is Kevin Gray said that, look, I like the upside of Trey Lance, but there's a lot of question marks in the immediacy, competition, about va- you know validating if he's a top five pick. Well, I would argue that the flip side of that is you, what you're arguing is, is that there's a lot of upside, right? Um, but it's the now that is making you hesitant. I look at Mac Jones and I would say that I don't see the upside. I see like, like to me and to me, that pushes him out of the top 10. Like, I think what's alluring about Trey Lance is what he could be, not what he is. And you're looking at Mac Jones and you're like, mm, I don't like what you are or what you're going to be. That's how I felt. Like, I, he is the Mac- only one. I will trust Mac, Mac Jones. Yeah, I will not. Uh, if you give me Justin Fields, I'm going to take y'all's word for it. I'm going to be like, all right, I can work with this. Yeah. You give me Zach Wilson, I'm going to take y'all's word for it because there's all this upside. You give me Trey Lance. The only name on at eight that I'm going to be pissed is or higher is Mac Jones. I, I am like, I am like, mm, I'll boycott for a little bit. I might have to like, take a walk out, walk out. I had to walk out and smoke some something. Well, you don't even care when he's drafted. You just don't want him on the team. No, he is okay. not my dude. Yeah. Same. Uh, same Same thing with me, man. Can, can, I, can, can I ask you, uh, I want to, Mitch Trubisky or Mac Jones, are they the same guy? No. Oh. No. Uh, Mr. Bisky is mobile. Mr. I wouldn't even put it that. I wouldn't even put that. You, Mac Jones was. I mean, to be fair, I think Mac Jones has a better upside than Mr. Bisky. Mr. Bisky played how many games before he was drafted? How like about he's, this? Like nine, nine, nine yeah, one season uh, barely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mac Jones had a much better college career. I mean, you can argue that he was potentially on the best college offense of all time. Um, and I would say that Matt Jones is a much better thrower of the football than, than Mitch Trubisky, but Mitch Trubisky is a, uh, a more mobile runner, but they're both inept in bad ways. Like that, that's, that's well, my, yeah, my, yeah, yeah, my, like, my point is we've seen teams reach when there's other quarterbacks on the board for a player like that. If somebody looks at it, Mac Jones and says, that's my guy, they're going to, what's the possibility of him going? Could you top, see the top, Jets top, doing top. that? Um, that's what I'm saying. I, I've seen worse things happen. Like, uh, Mr. Bisson, didn't he get one or two? Wasn't he? Oh, oh, that would be a dream we said it in the moment when it came to Mitch Trubisky. Well, like everybody, it wasn't just like not the C3 podcast, but the like national all- news. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> like, yeah. What? It's the same, to be honest, is very similar. It's just not as there's more tape on Daniel Jones, right? Is yeah. the. Yeah. The Trubisky part was people were scouts trying to be too cool. That's what mm. they were trying to do. They were trying to be too cool. 
Like I uh, found this diamond in the rough. Right. And that I'm going to prove to you, I know more. Mm-hmm. The Mac Jones, we've seen a lot. Look, dude, I wish you, let me see. Can we put this up? <clears throat> yeah. Look at him. Look <laughs> at that. That is a dad like, his body, bro. Like I almost said, I wish he would have worn pads on his pro day. Why does he He's look forty? Like he looks like somebody I want to punch in the face. I don't my know why. Immediately, face, but a forty-year-old body. He did himself no favors by tucking his shirt in. Right? Agreed. Yeah. Like, why, why are you tucking your shirt in? For? He wanted to show off the, the stomach, you know. I mean, look, my, my thing, this is my comparison for him, and I like my comparisons. Let me pat myself on the back a little bit. I don't even give a damn. I made a good comparison with Teddy Bridgewater to Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think that is an apt comparison. Uh, my comparison for Matt Jones is uh, Kirk Cousins. My like, I, think, I, 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 I think dude's another Kirk Cousins. Okay. My Dude, high joke is Tom Brady. Won't be half of Kirk Cousins, bro. I okay, promise. Okay, listen to who Greg compared him to. Who did you compare him to? I compared him to uh, just now. I don't, I don't even, I don't even remember because I'm looking at this Tom Brady when I'm like Tom Brady. Uh, who did I bring yeah, it up? Oh, Mr. No, I didn't say Tom Brady. Mile High Joe in the chat says Tom Brady. I compared him oh, to Mr. Okay. Risky. Okay. Okay. Russell okay. to me. Oh no, we got to say Mile High Russell. Joe. No, I uh, I mean, why don't you see Kirk Cousins, Tony? Like, what's well, the, first of all, the body type it, to me is just completely different. But right? I think you've got to separate. Body yeah. type that does dictate play uh, to a certain degree. Is I yeah. think Kirk Cousins kind of is a slinger, man. And I watched this guy throw today, and maybe it's because they're all in pay. You know, like maybe he needs the pressure and the lights or this and that. I just didn't see anything to me. I think with Kirk Cousins, you can say, man, he got some good arm talent. And he takes some risk. It's like he's kind of like this dude that, you know, he plays above his station almost. Yeah, Jones and- does too. Jones does too. My only criticism, like, listen, when you watch this film of Alabama, like, he's throwing the football downfield. Ah, well, ah, I mean, he's ah. chucking it, but it's to wide open receivers. And he has the most. You're say about Trey Lance too. I just yeah. didn't see nothing that wowed me, right? Mm-hmm. From the arm talent side, from the, and I don't want to just see that you threw a deep ball and all of a sudden we gush, right? It's because like we put the Trey Lance video up and he throws eighty yards. That's not the only part of it, right? I understand that, but when I watch fifteen minutes, I had to turn it off, dude. Like I just turned it off. Like I couldn't watch it anymore. Nothing impressed me, just completely. Is that and maybe he is a great player, but maybe he's not top five. Shout out Carolina Slim giving us the uh, $5 love bomb. He says, do we have any faith in what our staff can turn Matt Jones into versus what he is? Um, Let's ask the strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> well, the strength and conditioning coach, but I don't think Teddy Bridgewater's season last year should uh, give you um, any cause to think that we're trying to one that we even want to because David Tepper is just so completely opposed to the idea of another year of a game manager quarterback. Um, and number two, listen, uh, I'm trying to be fair in my um, assessment of players. Matt Jones isn't terrible. I'm not saying that he can have no success. I just think that for one, at number eight, that is far too high. And number two, he is going to be dependent on the talent that you put around him. So, yeah, if you give him some time in the pocket to make those three-step and five-step drops, yeah, he's not afraid to push the ball downfield. 
he's not afraid to you know go through his progressions and 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 make the tough throw. But he needs a good offensive line. He needs receivers that can separate on a high level against press man coverage. And um, I'm not saying that he can't do those things. I'm saying that I haven't seen enough evidence to say that he's going to be able to reliably and consistently do that on an NFL level. Uh, The film just doesn't say that for me. So, yeah, I don't really have a lot of faith in anyone turning him into you're not trying to turn him into someone different. You're just trying to build a really good offensive line around him and put some playmakers around him. That's why I say it's Kirk Cousins. You know, it's Kirk Cousins. You put him on a good team, yeah, he might take you to the playoff. I, I, I'll tell you this, the Saints, I guarantee you, if the uh, if Matt Jones is on the board by the time the Saints pick, they're going to take a gander at, at drafting Matt Jones. They can have him, bro. They can have him. I don't want – I've never felt this quickly about somebody, but the eyeball test is not there. Let's go ahead and jump into the calls before it gets too, too late. The number is 252-228-5098. Go ahead and smash the thumbs up button, share, and subscribe. Look, we got 113 people watching right now, getting some thumbs up on Facebook. If you're on Periscope, hit the retweet. If you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe, bell notification, putting out more content. And look, just remember, we're the wrong, longest running Panthers podcast, and we just here every Tuesday. We're building this community of talk. So it's not about us. It's not about the show. It's about trying to get a larger voice for Panther Nation. And if you want to find a cool discussion, people are jumping on this Discord and they're having a good time. The information's in the YouTube uh, show notes. It's a fun thing. It's kind of uh, it's it's kind of like why I like Twitter, you know, because I only follow Panther fans on Twitter because I have like that's how it started. So we all have something in common. So you can go here and talk with people and everybody. Sure. Sometimes conversations go different directions. But you know what you're about to get into and talk about with everybody right away at any time, 24 hours a day. So be a part of the show. Numbers 252-228-5098 here. Let's jump into the calls. Your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, Very uncomfortable. How do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like a three and a four and a four. Who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in the snow? Who's that kid that can use one? Can't the fall cash. What's up? It's Blake B. But you thought it was G. How are you? What up, what up? Hey. You know, I think the chat room was alluding to something indirectly last week that you guys have talked about. Speaking of chat room, smash that thumbs up. You know what to do. We had talked about in the chat room, uh, and then you guys talked about what games you were going to, maybe Panthers Patriots. And there was some chatter going on. uh, I I think it was last week, or um, I get confused with that in the Discord now, but... um, Talked about maybe doing a podcast Panther meetup with for C3. And then I think it would be dope if we could do uh, maybe even a tailgate before that game. That would be awesome. Maybe some cornhole. That would be the shit. Uh, some burger or something, something like that. Drink a little bit. But that's pretty cool. Uh, I think that would be a cool thing to do. Finally get to meet some of you guys. I think it would be a, um, a nice thing to talk about even on the post show or the show next 
let's uh, let's look at this Watson thing. I want to kind of flip the script on this real quick. I know it's been talked about and talked about. You don't know. Let's look at this Watson thing real quick. Um, I want to talk about something I think nobody's mentioned. Me and my buddy at work were talking about today that look at Houston in general. J.J. Watt's gone. New Hopkins is gone. Even if you move to the basketball world, James Harden, Chris Paul, all the superstars are leaving out of Houston. Now, what does that tell you about Houston sports? I can't tell you about baseball. I'm no jack crap about MLB. I hate baseball so much. Um, but what does that tell you about the city of Houston? Is it time for Watson where, hey, if Houston can't have them, nobody can have them? I don't know. I mean, it was an interesting discussion. I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective. But, hey, I mean, it's it's a, a interesting thing to think about or even to discuss that it might be Houston. That, that's the problem. And the lawyer supposedly is, is friends with the owner of the Texans. I think they're neighbors or something like that. I heard that to the grapevine. So, hey, talk about that. Maybe that's something new in the saga. Supposedly, we're still really interested in Watson because they probably think it's still all BS, too. But I don't know, man. I don't know what, tell me what you think. All right. Uh, out, you know what? My man. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, let, me, let me just do some housekeeping real quick before we uh, uh, answer that phone call. Shout out to our man from across the pond, Corey Roberts, donating 499 pounds. Matt Jones isn't a difference maker like the top four quarterbacks. He's a game manager, and this team needs a difference maker to win the Super Bowl. Keep Corey, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more, man. And then shout out to our main homie, Mike Vela, just dropping $5 of love, showing some love, man. Uh, we definitely appreciate you guys donating. And, uh, yeah, Tony, continue. When With Deshaun Watson, um, you know, I think we've talked a, a kind of a good deal about him and the, that, you know, our feelings on it. Now, there is an interesting point about what's going on in the city of Houston. And right? you got to keep in mind, too, that's not like, they're being told to leave. They are asking to leave. Uh, like they want to go. Yeah, they are wanting. Like, to leave. Everything is dysfunctional in Houston, and it's probably like these old, rich oil tycoons who are just like grown up in country money the whole time, and they're just out of touch. Because I think that and, and Greg, you could help us with this because you know more about NBA. Mm-hmm. They like fired a good coach in the with the. To, uh, the what, Rockets, the right? Rockets. The, the yeah. Dan Tony, like it was just like, and he was like, I just want to leave. Like there's a people like, even they're, they're like, yes, thank you for firing me. So in Harden, I know he's his own ridiculousness, but it's not mm-hmm. just James Harden. There's other names in Houston going to baseball as well. Well, I, I, I do want to say Anders real quick. Peters in baseball, yeah. by the way. I, I do. I do want to say real quick. I think it may just be coincidence about it being in Houston because honestly, I don't think the football team and the basketball team have anything to do with each other. If you're a superstar and you're going to get paid these millions of dollars, Houston's kind of a place you want to be. There's no state tax. Um, and second of all, like if you look at the Rockets, they've been a, a potential finals contender every year for the last five, six years. Yeah. It's just they haven't been able to put it together. And most of the people that left that team left that team because of James Harden. And then once James Harden realized he was the problem, and they didn't want to pay him anymore and they wouldn't give him what he wanted. He left, you know? So I think it may he be a little different. Now, there could be something into it, like leading into it. But for me, it just seems like coincidence that it happens to be Houston. 
Well, also, a huge Harden city. loves the strip club, too. Harden so, loves the strip club. Uh, another name to add to your list is Andre Johnson, who was 100% um, uh, on, on Sean Watson's side yeah. when he was initially, uh, initially wanting to demand that trade. Um, and uh, listen, man, I, I'm telling you, it's they have that good old boy culture down there in, in Houston. And listen, you know, Greg, you even mentioned it, too. You mentioned that the Rockets were winning. Well, listen, the Texans have been in the playoffs the past three years in a row. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so yeah, uh, you know, the, the the fact that you have so many good players in a state with no uh, state tax, the fact that you have all these things in place and players still want to get out of there, they still don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> Like it really Houston is not the most going on down there. But why is that the city of Houston's fault? No, it's not. No, that's relations there. That's actually that's actually what I'm saying. It has nothing. If anything, the city is why you would go to Houston, Mm -hmm. and it's and it's what would keep you in Houston, right? Mm -hmm. But the 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 toxicity of of that culture and what they've done. I mean, JJ Watt wanted off the team. They got rid of DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. for literally no reason at all. Uh, they they already started to fire people that really liked Deshaun. Uh, yeah, it's just it stinks, man. It it one hundred percent stinks. I'm not saying you know I don't know one hundred percent of any of the details, but so many things just say to me that that is a good old boy society. Mm-hmm. And whenever they uh, the end crime. There's a lot of crime in Houston. It's not the most sophisticated cities from what I've heard. I have my, my wife's uncle lives there. One last joke about Deion, uh, about Deshaun Watson is how big would this lawsuit be if they also included undocumented massage therapists because of the immigration problems? <sighs> All right. To the most important part of the call. The most important part of the call is this is uh, us going to a game, right? Yes. We did not yeah. go to a game in 2020. We um, suffered in 2019. CK and I split this cool package, which we should just go ahead and do. I'm, if, if that opportunity comes up, let's just go ahead and do it. I'm half tempted to yeah. get a PSL with this stimulus, bro. I know. <laughs> and it's probably a time to buy it, to be honest. Um but we go, look, is that we have the usual sp- suspects to choose from, right? We're going to p- play Tampa Bay. We're going to play Atlanta. We're going to play New Orleans at home once. But I have i don't want to go to division games uh, as much anymore. I've been to so many Falcons games. I've been to a lot of division games. They are fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, next year, we got the Washington football team. We got the Rivera Revenge game. Uh, Curtis Daniel coming home. Um, we got the Philadelphia Eagles, who are a mess. We got the New York Jets. Who might have Zach Wilson, or we have Sam? If Sam Darnold comes to Carolina and they have Zach Wilson or Ooh, something, that, that might be good. Well, all of a sudden, starts to go. Oh, this might be one we do, but it has to be. And then the other two choices are New England and Minnesota. I think it has to be the New England game. It has. What, to when, be. when is when is it? We don't know yet. They have not We're released. Right. They haven't released. The, the, we okay. just know. Yeah. Hopefully, it's a warm and, and game. As long as it's yes, not early. Right. Did you so, say a warm game? Hopefully, hopefully it's still, well, it's still warm here in North Carolina. I hope it's not oh, like I'm December. The opposite. Like November, end of I'm November. The opposite, bro. Bro, I hate it. Hot, I hate bro. the August and September game. They or September. 
Well, it could be like 70 degrees, though. That'd be nice. It's November. I'm down. The only day I'm in December, I got a lot of extra time, like work kind of. If it's the week before Christmas, like 10 days before Christmas, I'm golden. I I just can't go on Christmas Eve. Like my wife, like my wife puts her foot down on any time that we put like, uh, I'm like, hey, well, the Panthers are playing this game on Christmas Eve. Can I go? No. You fucking asshole. Don't ask that. Um, We are going to do that. And the question is, are we going to do one or two? Because we got to make up for not going to a game last year. I want to do the whole season. (laughs) I love that. I can't afford that. Oh, my God. But if we do do if we do do the New England game, I'm taking the day off from work. So I don't got to come back the same night. Yeah. We got to do it right. You know, we got to get rested the night before. So we show up. My problem is this, is we always go out on Saturday night and then we're just lagging on Sunday. And then all of a sudden you got to be in the state. Take the next day off and go out Sunday night. That's the truth. Uh, Big shout out again to the people who donated to the show. Uh, Very generous of you. Um, And also is that like we also have some PayPal links and stuff, but we're not here for the money. I do want to point this out that both of those people are big participants in the Discord channel. So uh, that's the kind of community we're building here. Uh, go ahead and smash the thumbs up button. Be a part of the show. Let's go ahead. And I think uh, Blake Bettis came back and also part of the um, Discord community. And we've got to talk about how we're going to introduce some of these ideas. I think we need to have a fan, like the YouTube chat needs to decide which of Blake Bettis's images we first start to really try to figure out how to make into something bigger. Image, but like into the shirt. I think they need to try. Blake, if you could put those, I I don't think you put it up in the chat. Check the Discord. He's put images up there. Be cool. Uh, Here's Blake Bettiskin. Tony. Tony. (laughs) This is my favorite part. This is call number two. If you play my call out of order for the third week in a row, I'm going to get a hold of Mama Dell in the chat room. We're going to have a discussion about your little outburst last week on the podcast, and there are going to be some repercussions, okay? But hey, uh, I just want to get that out of the way because you are tired mother. <laughs> what's going on. I want all one play first. That's how it's supposed to go. Anyway, can somebody please tell me anything about Dan Arnold, I I saw the signing on Panthers, the Panthers app, and I thought we got a new media person. I mean, this dude <laughs> looks goofy. <laughs> the girls he, like him. He's an interesting looking prospect. A new media people. person. Maybe I've been living under a rock. But the more and more I look at our defense, the more and more I'm excited about what's going on. I just got done Ooh, watching good some. Good segue some Perryman highlights and some film and stuff like that. I watched film, bro. Yeah. I watched uh, film, bro. And Perryman looks like a natural leader. Uh, it's, we desperately missed that last year with old tired head. Um, but yeah, he, he, uh, Perryman, I, I've been impressed with what I've seen with him. He seems like a good dude. He seems like he's going to be good for our culture. Uh, but yeah, so, um, Check out this defense with Perryman, Reddick, and, and Fox. I, I like these additions. I think Phil Snow is going to have him a blizzard going on. <laughs> but, yeah, so, Tony, if you play the call out of order, you're going to be in some Teddy Bridgewater. So, yep. 
smash that thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> got the calls in order. Um, and uh, you don't got to call on Mama Dunn. She don't need to hear about none of the outbursts. She will follow up on it. I wanted to... Let's see if I can show this real quick. Uh, any thoughts real quick while I try to pull this video up? Yeah, how confusing is it going to be if we get Sam Darnold and we have Dan Arnold? Oh, dude. It'll Sam be damn Arnold. Arnold. It'll be damn confusing. God. Oh, by yeah. the way, J-Dub, that is one of Blake Bettis' shirts. The I watch film, bro. Yeah, yeah Blake, Blake mocked that one up too, man. That hey, we we're, we're gonna try and make a few of them happen. I, I know I'm I'm biased. I, right. I like uh, a few of them. Uh, <laughs> we've I've got a twist on the I run uh, on the down the hill that I really want to do. I had to run it by you first. Did he play with the damn Saints at some point? Dan Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. First one looked like he was with the Saints. Yeah, I think so. This yeah, because sad. that's where, uh, yeah, uh, people were saying Joe Brady had met him in New Orleans. By the way, this guy, John Ellis, who is, I think, he puts up some great content when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. Um, He, like, won't talk to me. Like he is, so it's like, is this dude's gotten into this kind of big lately? You know what I'm saying? Is that any anytime you put up clips, people love it, right? You're gonna get a bunch of retweets and stuff like that. Yep. But it seems like really, but, but like, I like reach out. I was like, dude, you should come on the show. Like just crickets. Like, and I don't understand why there is this animosity between people <laughs> that talk about the same thing. It just drives me nuts. Like, I want to be your friends, bitch. You know he was on Panther Nation podcast. Like I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> and I also saw that they got 6,000 followers, uh, subscribers on Twitter. First of all, I mean, on uh, YouTube. First of all, big time congrats to them. Do y'all's thing. Get your work in. I'm going to say, folks, come on, give us a damn subscribe. Come on. Hit, oh, hit the button. Are we at 2,000 yet? We're if about not, we're, we're at like... Man, we're like 400 subscribers away from hitting 2,000. No, we're like 40. We're like 40. Really? Yeah. Oh, all right, but hey, man. They, like, come on. They got 1,000 this week. How they get us? Like, I'm going to have to start boosting some posts. Look, there's 100 people in here right now. I guarantee you someone's watching this who hasn't subscribed and is a Panther fan. Hit the subscribe button. Yes, we've been grinding. Nice you know, this dude watches film. Uh, we've been doing this podcast for eight years, bro. That's how, bro. We podcast. All right, next call. What's going on, fellas? This is uh, Corey. I called a couple weeks ago uh, for What's the up, first Corey? time. Had the whole DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson call. You guys can really enjoy it. So I figured, fuck it, I might as well uh, call back, make it a regular thing. But um, hell yeah. You know, obviously, I talked about a lot of the show was uh, about the free agent signings the offensive lineman and basically people's reaction to it. Um, and I think you guys pretty, pretty much had the same reaction I did, you know, offensive linemen, they're not too crazy expensive. The ones we signed, maybe they're fringe starters and probably just depth pieces, additions or whatever like that. Um, but a lot of the reaction I was seeing, you know, on Twitter and uh, the Panthers subreddit was just, I don't know, just overreaction, just, just, I don't know, people throwing in a towel or, 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 or just, just 
mad at the signings as as they maybe they're expecting something more. And you know, I don't know. Let me let me know what y'all think about it, man. Because I feel like a lot of Panthers fans. It's a thought I've been having for a while. I feel like a lot of Panthers fans are just overly pessimistic about a lot of stuff. Where you know, we we really don't need to be. Like uh, you know, obviously we wanted a new GM fandom. for the longest. Fired him. Was searching for a GM. Got Scott Fitterer. Maybe yep. he wasn't on a lot of people's radar. So you know, people had high hopes for him. And then first after the first day of free agency, they're ready to cut his fucking head off because he signed. The multitude of linemen that aren't, you know, <laughs> like, you know, you gotta, you gotta take the good with the bad sometimes. I'm, I'm much more of an optimist. I feel like, you know, obviously building a football team, it, it takes time. I just feel like, you know, a lot of Panthers fans, they, it, maybe if you're like a, like a Browns fan or, or, or a fucking Lions fan, you can be a little bit more pessimistic. You've been sucky for the last 60 years, but shit, man. I mean, we've been, we've been around for 25 years. We got, you know, two Super Bowl appearances, two conference championships. I don't know. Maybe I just feel like shit can be a lot worse than it is. Maybe um, I don't really have a, a specific question, but what's your thoughts about that? Do you feel like a lot of Panthers fans, especially online, are a little bit too, you know, uh, uh, reactionary or, or pessimistic? Or am I just an optimist by nature? I don't know. Y'all let me know about it. I have an answer for that. Go ahead. Unfortunately, Panthers are known as a fair weather fan base, you know, and, and uh, you know, instead of, instead of, you know, hoping that things are working out in a positive way. Like, I mean, we did the same thing with the 2015 season when Kelvin Benjamin went down, right? As an organiz- as an entire fan base, we just said, oh, it's done. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> it's over. But we, we, we came out. We, it, with, with what would seem to be one of the worst off seasons of our, of our existence as an organization, we didn't have really any anybody to, to scoff at outside of Kelvin Benjamin at wide receiver, and tell you know, and then uh, we had a, a, what felt like an aging wide or running back room. We had a tight end with Greg Olson, that was good, you know, right? We had Cam Newton. We we didn't know what we had in our offensive line that year. Is got a lot of people paid, you know, and and uh, and yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, we do tend to be very pessimistic, um, but there are also fans that are overly optimistic. Panthers got FSU. I'm talking to you. Uh, it opened, uh, <laughs> you know. I mean, uh, but if we just—it's always good to have a, a positive outlook. But also, you know, I think it's fair to say that you know when we saw that first day of uh, free agency, many of us in the Panthers, you know, uh, fandom were thinking, "Oh, great! This is the most Panthers free agency we've ever seen." All right. Um, I have, I think this is actually a very interesting conversation, right? And a kind of a thought experiment is like, who has the most impatient, pessimistic fan bases? Like, it would be awesome if they could do a, I'm sure there's a survey out there that oh, yeah. has done. And I, I think that social media, number one, I think you, we, we tend to think that about Panther fans, but just because we're immersed in that. Yeah. Or whatever it is, whatever our position is, is we're like, oh, my God, Panther fans. Like, we believe that there's some other fan base out there that is better in theory, like how they act, their reactions, their temperature. And I would say that overall, I think, if anything, uh, well, one, social media. Let's put it this way. Social media inherently and just the Internet and the way that. Uh, how much attention and our eyeballs are diverted to everything is that caustic stuff gets more traction. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're like, hey, I hope Teddy's the best. He seems like a pretty good quarterback, but he has some limitations. That conversation just falls on deaf ears on the world and the Internet because there's so many voices screaming. So the caustic, the sensationalism, the chicken little, it tends to pierce into our memory and our brains and our ears a little bit easier or more so through that noise. The second thing I'd like to point out, though, is that I actually think that we think that about our fan base. But if we went and hung out with like Jets fans and Giants fans or people that aren't from the South, that Northern, like Boston, that type, like those people, you want to talk about impatient and stuff. So I think Panther fans have actually, if there is a criticism historically about it, is that they're almost like a little too nice. Or at least maybe the media is in some ways. But he is right. We've had a lot of success in our short time. I think that when what we've had 25 years, 27 years as an organization, whatever it is, we've had two Super Bowl runs. We've always been pretty relevant, uh, or at least ups and downs in cycles. I think we're starting to hit a point right now. It's kind of like a a juncture, like a tipping point. Like we're either going to get all really fucking mad as fans, we're all about to get really excited as fans, or very or even worse, we don't care anymore. That would be the worst possible thing. I'd rather have angry fans than people that don't talk about it. Yeah. I, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Like CK was saying, I think it's bandwagon fans. I think people have a strong recency bias with things that happen. Bad news is, is more appealing to people than good news generally. And, you know, people tend to hold things closer to the heart or to the memory that are painful to them than they are things of joy. So when the Panthers have mostly given us – painful things and a lot of i mean we, we've had some good stuff you're absolutely right of, of, of late, years. yeah of late especially i think that might be why you have such negativity going around and you're right like tk says there's a lot of fair weather fans that, that as soon as we get good they're going to be panther fans since day one and all this stuff and, and and you know that doesn't mean that if you're a panther fan you can't be upset with or be mad about a decision they make or something they do it's just i feel like a lot of it has to do with everything that's gone on lately. We've had a bad last few years and that puts a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths, especially because every year you're trying to build new fans and the more bad years in a row you have, the less new fans you can build. Yeah. You know, we're still building. We're still building. Darren Gant says all the time that Charlotte is, is okay with an eight and eight team that you want to know why the, the, the Hornets are always like, barely above above under 500 right it's like we're okay he says the city of charlotte is okay with okay they're not okay with bad like it's just like they're they'll tolerate it so well but but they get up whenever it's time when we're good we've never had a winning a winning team to produce a winning culture so what i mean by a winning team is we have never had back-to-back winning seasons we are not a perennial playoff contender, and it takes a long time to build those things. And you know these things happen with time. But if we're able to go on a run with Matt Rule and and the guys, and we're able to put together three or four years of of consistency, that's how you build the culture. That's how fans become to get to the point where no eight and eight is not acceptable at all. So it's a little bit yeah, of both. 
Yeah, you know what? It is. It is a lot of both. And I think there's a lot of merit. Like, I saw somebody that were talking about the Kyle Pitts today, right? Kyle Pitts. Uh, isn't that the tight end yep. who's yep. going to be a receiver? Yep. And the guy ran a 4 4 6 at his pro day. Pretty damn And he's like, he's 6 6. He's 240. You know, so he's not like, you know, and somebody's comment was, but he got heavy feet though. <laughs> like in his routes and you're like huh <laughs> you know it's just like all this and so i do understand my man there is that there's almost a, it's kind of it's okay to be pessimistic i think it's when you're rooting for it to be bad is kind of the the to the part where it gets really upsetting and that is like all right so cam irving the pat f line guy the, they don't have good marks and stuff coming in and we can poo poo it all day and we can say it's going to be awful and this and that, but we're kind of hoping it's okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, I get my man. I get my man, but you're right. Cody is that to be honest, is that the fact that we haven't had back to back winning seasons is still so astounding. It is. Cause yeah. I do think there was two periods in Panther history where we had maybe uh, three spurts of hope of turning these this corner right around the defense of the the defense and smitty in 2003 when we're getting the we go to the super bowl all of a sudden it felt like man this is about to be something it took a, a year off then delome and them start to do it again and 06 08 you know what i'm saying like so there was this moment where you thought god it's almost coming together again you saw it with cam in the 2013 to 20, I would even say 2017 run. Oh, it yeah. Felt, it felt like it was there. So I'm not pessimistic about Matt Rule and Scott Fitter and this and that, but they haven't proved, like Greg always says, is they got a lot still to show. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. is that we can wish and hope all day, but they ain't shown but so much already. And we don't have a very limited sample set when it comes to Fitter or we also have a small sample set when it comes to rule. And I think we've been pretty happy with the product that rules put out for the most part, but it's just a question of, is it going to be great? Like, do you, do you stick, are you sticking your hands in the sand or are you being pessimistic? Right. There's right. two, like there's two ways of looking at that. Like, are you the ostrich with your head in the sand that don't care? Or are you just being pessimistic? So great conversation there. Uh, let's go to the next call. Panther Nation, how y'all doing? This, this is my man, Love, Jeep. I just looked on Facebook. Mike Davis signed with the fucking Falcons. I know. Of all the teams, you're going to sign with the sorry-ass damn Falcons, man. I can't believe that shit, man. You know, I really wanted him to come back. But see, I read an article saying that he was he wanted starting running back money. I don't know if that shit is true or not. I, I don't know, man. But He didn't get it. Uh, he sure didn't get it. <laughs> now, you know that. They were so-called shopping their damn running back. And, you know, he's from Carolina, too. I'm not going to mention his name. Y'all know who I'm talking about, too. I would say pick him up. But then again, I know he had knee injuries. Mm-hmm. He had knee injury ever since he was with the Rams in the Super Bowl. Y'all remember, man. He's a damn good running back. But I don't know if, if uh, Panthers should even pick this dude up. I don't know. And another thing that I noticed, man, I hate to say this shit, man. It's like if Deshaun Watson comes to Carolina, I think that they will sell the damn farm. All these new pieces that we picked up, man, especially that dude Hassan Reddick from 
Arizona, God knows, man. If you give up Barnes or somebody, he could play the damn edge. I think he can, man. I, I truly do. And we got David Moore from Seattle. If you give up DJ Moore, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. But see, then again, I think Moore um, will, will fill in for uh, Curtis Samuel because I looked at some of his highlights, and he does reverses and everything. I never see him run the ball from the running back uh, position, whatever, but I don't know, man. I mean, hopefully we keep everybody and we fuck around and get, you know, Trey Lance or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know. Give me your thoughts on that, y'all. Keep pounding. Um, I think uh, probably the question is really good. Well, one is it's really about Mike Davis, where he went. That's the problem. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we just hate the Falcons. Like, it's just like if he goes to the Falcons or the Saints – we're going to be unhappy. Um, he didn't get good money. And uh, the Hassan Reddick is interesting because, Cody, you brought this up before the show, is, you know, what are these additions, Perryman, and uh, and Blake Bettis brought this up, is Perryman being a leader, potentially. I have, you can go back on YouTube and check out uh, a video I said that um, Denzel Perryman signs with Carolina Panthers. is the title of the video I hung out with, Chargers Chat Podcast. And one of these guys just said this is that if if Denzel Perryman's on the field, somebody's getting knocked out by the end he's of the game. Thump. He's a thump. Yeah. For sure. And so they did, you know, they had, you know, it's like his, his overall speed and coverage question marks, you know, are not anything to be overly elated about. Um, but the kind of meanness and toughness and tenacity plays of the game were what they were interested in. And, you know, maybe so we went through all of that. Cody, you asked this before the show. Is like, what does this mean for the defense going forward? Hassan Reddick signs a deal that is, was it a one-year deal? A one-year deal after getting yeah. 12 and a half sacks. I have a lot of theories on a lot of these one-year deals, particularly Juju Schuster's going back to Pittsburgh. But um, what is kind of, how does this start to change the dynamic of the defense? Because I do think, like, we're not going to be trading Brian Burns now to the Texans. Too, you know, it's just too much. Like we we've talked about ad nauseum earlier. So just thinking about it, adding Hassan Reddick, Brian Burns, YGM is coming into his second year. Those different things, Denzel Perryman, um, and the way they're going to use Hassan Reddick and Phil Snow's defense. These are what are you starting to see happen? Well, what I'm seeing is is we're, we're starting to build that culture. And uh, Phil Snow was actually a big part, and Matt Rule, of Hassan Reddick wanting to come here. Apparently, Hassan Reddick had two other deals on the table that were more lucrative and I think for more years. And I believe he chose to come and be a part of the the Panthers. So, I mean, as far as this defense is concerned, um, you know, uh, I think that we want to – we want to put our players in matchup advantages. So, for example, if we get faster at linebacker, then we can take all the speed of Jeremy Chin and put that at the safety position and really try and take advantage of, of mismatches. And Hassan Reddick is so interesting to me because at 12 and a half sacks last year, like this guy is a legitimate edge rusher. Like him and Brian Burns coming off the edge, that is a legitimate one-two punch on passing downs. So um, it really does make me excited for what Phil Snow will be able to cook up with the kind of talent that we have on the defense now. 
Um, and I really do think that we are going to be a multiple defense. I think we're going to run some 4-3. We're going to run some 3-4. You know, now to what extent we'll favor one over the other, I don't know. But I really do think uh, Matt Rule, from what we have seen of him, he likes to be multiple at different positions. He likes the ability to um, uh, take guys and not only play them at different at different positions, but he likes to be able to take advantage of scheme as well. Um, so I, I'm liking all of our free agent signings on defense. I feel like our linebacker core is so much improved. And um, uh, listen, it, this is the type of signing Reddick specifically where I could see Reddick having a great year this year and being like, oh, yeah, of course I want to come back. And, of course, we're going to want him back. So I think it's a great um, sign. I, one is, uh, yes, as I do, is that first we know that Hassan Reddick has connections to, to both Phil Snow and Matt Rule going back to Temple. We know also that um, that the Arizona Cardinals you know, misused him and tried to make him into a linebacker in the early phases, like a middle linebacker or something weird like that. And like, I haven't dropped it out of coverage. This guy is a, is an edge rusher who can, who's athletic enough to do some different things to play outside linebacker. He had 12 and a half sacks last night. He's all, he's hungry for the sacks, right? So this guy, all of a sudden you pair him with Brian Burns. This is a force that comes in. There's the speed. There's the, it's like really exciting. He did come out and say today, uh, I saw a tweet or report from the Panthers, or that he was asked about it, and he said that Phil Snow and them are still, I guess. So they've talked about what kind of schemes they're running when he signed, you know, three four four three, mm-hmm. and he said we're still trying to figure out how much of this and that, like, well, you know, like we want to do and stuff. But he says I know Phil Snow is about creating disruption, and I'm about that. Like that's why he's like I'm about that life. I think, too, is, and this is where the interesting part for the Hassan Reddick taking a one-year deal, my man's betting on himself. He is betting on himself, and he took a deal that was not exorbitant for the Panthers, number one. It was not equivalent to what he did last year, just in the, like, sacks, get you paid, and he should be getting paid. But I think is that I heard someone talking about why did Juju go back to Pittsburgh? Why didn't he go to the Ravens? Why didn't he do this? This is a weird year because of COVID. Mm. The cat goes down. Is that if these guys truly believe in themselves going forward, they actually want to sign their deal next year when the cap goes up. Yep. Well, I think that has, yeah. Hopefully. Well, it will. Like, is like, if we get back to normal, which also like at this point, um, the world is tired of COVID. I don't yeah. even care if like the vaccine or works or not. We're going to be back to normal. Not normal. That might not be the right word. The world is not going backwards at this point. Like people are just like, "Fuck it, I'm going to the bar." It's how it is, and I'm so like, yeah. if you don't like it, I'm sorry. That's what, like it, even people that say they don't like it are still doing those things. But I think these guys are saying this is like this is actually the worst time to sign the big deal, or a, you know, not the worst, but like if I'm not getting the greatest deal, let me see if I can what we can do. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Carolina Panthers think about extending Hassan Reddick after this year, right? If he comes out and has, like, I'm sitting there, we're the ones that should maybe think about paying him. And so I think those are all components to think about. This defense, young, still young. He's 26, 27. 
Uh, so is Perryman. And, um, you know, I think if you start to add a piece, they're talking about like uh, Pittsburgh just cut a corner. We need a corner. We need a corner. And we need a corner in free agency, be, on, be, be honest. It's like the answer can't be in the draft. Like, I know that's how you're going to build, but you can't really rely on rookies to be the answer. Like, you hope they are, but you can't rely on it. Like, Jeremy Chin turned out to be awesome, but you couldn't have expected it happen. That would have been silly to think about, I think. So, um, last point on the defense, though, because we did. We talked about Perryman. We've talked about all of this. There's one other signing that the Panthers made, and that is Morgan Fox, right? Not to be confused with Megan Fox, Right. But I reached out to Jordan Rodriguez trying to get her on the show. She's been pretty busy right now, but she said, I'll send you over my thoughts real quick. Right. So she sent me over this. So I get to say per source, maybe. Can I say per source on this? This is breaking. Like nobody else has got this. This is exclusive. Crazy. This note right here is exclusive. She said this about uh, Morgan Fox. I like this signing by the Panthers especially in tandem with the Hassan Reddick signing and the presence of Derek Brown on the inside. Morgan Fox really started his stride last season, even in a rotational role with the Rams, where they had him rush from the inside and the outside. By the way, we lost a bunch of defensive tackles, or you know, we don't have a lot of rotation defensive tackles, so the versatility is important. He yeah. said, and She said, in both even and odd fronts, his versatility was an asset for them, first and foremost, but also his continued development as a pass rusher was notable as he started to really get a feel for his footwork and better developed his initial rush to counter rush plan. Look at this. This is exclusive, bro. She mm-hmm. didn't hold back. Like she didn't yeah. just she didn't just smooth me off. His six sacks were closer to being like seven or eight, and he only played 40% of the defensive snaps where I see him helping the Panthers is adding different types of pressure and push against opposing quarterback's pocket, especially a Brown creating that Pac-Man shape with his deep interior push. She must have already written this for like an article or something. This is good. This is good. She hit me. I was like, later taking away the QB's ability to step up into the pocket, then taking away one diagonal interior side, Fox's rush lane either on the left or the right, then flushing the QB out to one side where Reddick or Brian Burns would be waiting or coming up and over the top side seems like a nightmare if I'm that QB. Good balance potential there for that defense Panthers defensive line. Then you can put Fox on the end if you need him in the heavier defensive sets. Need a bigger body against the run. Holy cow, Jordan Rodrigue. Nice. Thank you, A. And how damn insightful be. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Awesome stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, you heard it here. Exclusive. <laughs> with a C3 exclusive. <laughs> C3 exclusive. All right. Next call. I like that. What's up, y'all? Uh, Corey, my second call here. Um, What's up, Corey? I just wanted to call real quick to, you know, give a little shout out to to the guest I had last week. I don't remember his name, but bro was the he he gave a little bit of insight on, you know, Cowboys information and stuff like that. I know a lot of people they weren't really feeling the call, you know, the Cowboys. They get talked enough about on, you know, national media as it is, but I, I kinda like he has some good insights, some good takes. 
um and you know definitely brought a different a uh, little bit of a different voice to the show so you know shout out to him i know he does uh stand-up comedy too um you know he, he was he was talking about you know bombing and getting jeered or whatever and i don't know if that zombie routine was anything like what he does on stage i can kind of see why but anyway that's besides the point um you know shout out to that guy um and just just the last part before i wrap it up here guys i do want to um maybe show uh give a little uh, suggestion to how to make the show better you know i love the show listen every week but i feel like if you guys really want to go to the next level uh tony you gotta you gotta make your mom a permanent guest um <laughs> don't tell her that dude um she seems like the smartest member of the family, man. So just, just, just get on that. I'm God, I, I hope she did not Appreciate hear this. She has been saying, "I'm gonna call in. I'm gonna call in." <laughs> that's funny, my man. That's a good call right there. Thank you for that. She'll love to hear that. So I'm deleting this podcast. Next call. <laughs> you know, I really don't get this team sometimes. I'm with you. First, we let go of Zach Kurt, okay? Somebody who cost us a million dollars. Somebody who, they might not have been the best player on our roster by any means, but a million dollars for a guy at a position where we are lacking guys? What the hell? Like, that doesn't really make much sense, okay? Then, we let Curtis Samuel walk, which, you know what, quite honestly, don't really blame us. He was pretty expensive. You know, but you got what you paid for. He was a, a great guy who already knew the system, so I could understand us keeping him. I could also understand us getting rid of him. We let Mike Davis walk. And on top of that, to the Falcons. So that dude that took over for Christian McCaffrey last year, who was dominant, okay, who manhandled everybody who got in his way, we all said that we wanted to see him and Christian McCaffrey play together to see what would happen. And he's gone. For what? Three mil guaranteed? We already let go of Bonifon. We already let go mm. of uh, Scarlett. I know. You know. I challenge anybody to name these five running backs. We just don't even know who he is. I get it. Running backs are a time a dozen. But what the hell? These are two moves this offseason that I think the, the Panthers were absolutely stupid for doing. Okay? We should have came to a deal for Mike Davis. He proved that he deserved some money. And he, deser- he proved that he deserved some money from us. That dude was a beast last year. He literally threw people at him that were in his way. He's and not he went wrong. On to say that he he enjoyed doing it because he plays angry. Hyperbolic. Like he's not why? wrong. Why? I really want to know the reason why because it seemed like he was. We all couldn't meet, match that on. deal. I mean, I'm assuming it's the money. I mean, why? You know, we didn't want to pay him what he wanted. But now we got now we get to play him twice a year. Yeah. Great. You yeah. Awesome. I yeah, know. Yeah, looking forward to it. Can we? Also, thank you. Thanks for the show. Appreciate it. Keep coming. But we can also agree that we just talked about how they're a dime a dozen, right? Yeah, he did have a good year, right? He he 
He had a good start to the year, I should say. He, he didn't like slow down, but he definitely didn't get better as the year went on. I mean, it wasn't um, great. He had like 650 yards. 642 yards. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't great either way, but it wasn't. Well, he did. He wasn't the weak link. It wasn't let's the not weak say link. that he dominated and crushed everybody in his way. He was a good backup running back. He He's not the most dominant player. That's why he wasn't pursued by a lot of people. That's why he signed for $3 million. Now, I, I like him and I wish we would have signed him, but I don't think it's like a detriment to our team that we don't have him anymore. Yeah. I think I think 642 yards and two touchdowns is easily repra- replaceable if we have Christian McCaffrey as our main guy. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I'm out. I just don't he want people to hear that he's dominant. Christian McCaffrey being the main guy. Yeah, and, and I think and I do agree with him with when he says dominant. I think when I think about that is that Christian McCaffrey. We said, and this is true. Christian McCaffrey did 2,000 yards or whatever. Oh, he did all that. Mm-hmm. behind shit offensive lines. Mm-hmm. Like, that was what the sensational part was about it. It wasn't even yeah. just Chris McCaffrey being great. He did it, it like, when he was the only one on the offense that was doing yeah, anything. Like, mm-hmm. They the couldn't stop him. The offense. Yep. Mike Davis made that offensive line look better. That's it. You know, it won't yeah. like he was doing that behind the Cowboys line from five years ago sure. or something like this. I don't I – do, I do think that. The other thing, though, is maybe the Panthers are just saying this is we cannot pay a backup running back above the minimum because, one, we have given Chris McCaffrey Mm -hmm. a a Brinks truck, and, two, there's no one in this world that's figured out how to use Christian McCaffrey and another running back yet. And I think – and I'm of the firm belief there's only one person on the whole earth that would be able to do it, and that's Kyle Shanahan. Like, I think he's the only person that will say, you know what? We're going to line Christian McCaffrey up in the slot and use this other guy. Everybody else is so tempted to just play Christian McCaffrey. I mean, and I don't blame them in some ways. Like, why not play your best fucking player Mm -hmm. where he's supposed to be at? But the temptation is real. It's like the it's the fruit. It's the fruit. It's the apple in the Garden of Eden. Good call. All right. Next call. <laughs> oh my god. Hey guys, it's Chuck from Elizabeth City. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving this, man. I love when people call in and act like somebody else. It's so great. It's oh my god. He got me. I gotta do it again. That got me. That got me, homie. I'm gonna play again. Always when I hit replay, it does it. Hey guys, it's Chuck from Shout out there to Joy the Blind Panther. Anyway, just kind of want to look at things. It seems like we had our. I guess the shit hit the fan and uh, had some pretty decent signings. Of course, we lost Curtis Samuel and that hurts. And of course, he's going to be playing for the uh, you know, the new head coach for the uh, Walking Dead, Ron Rivera. Um, and kind of saw that happening from a mile away. And he deserved to get paid. I just hate seeing people play for a coach and a GM who uh, kind of belong on the cast of The Walking Dead. 
Um, I was impressed. I told you guys Hassan Reddick would be a good pickup to play edge and a little bit of linebacker on the outside for us. Denzel Perryman, Tony Etcher, the interview with the guys from the Charger. Very excited to see him get in the middle and upgrade over to your whitehead. Um, I, I like more signing. Of course, it's not Curtis Samuel, but I believe if we use him right, that he can really come in and, and, and feel, feel a good role, especially with CMC hopefully coming back and healthy. Dan Arnold, I think, can really impress the tight end. I'm very impressed with that. I don't think it becomes as big of a need now as he is what it is. I still think we need another corner. Wouldn't help to another or safety in free agency. Wouldn't hurt us to get a another guy on the offensive or defensive line. But other than that, going into the draft, I feel pretty good that we don't have to spread ourselves thin. And you know, if we go up and get our quarterbacks, one thing I definitely think we need at least two, if not three, offensive linemen drafted and get us a corner and a safety in the draft and, and, and let the pieces fall where they may. Man, uh, I love it. Let's keep going. It's, uh, we got a couple of Chucks. I know you're yeah, numbered yeah, now. Moves, <laughs> I just want to get everybody's take. Um, what one quarterback in this draft despise and do not want to draft? Oh, we've already done that. What one, one quarterback in this draft, um, other than Trevor Lawrence, we can forget that. Are you you got your hopes set on us? The, the guy we get. I'm really hoping for Zach Wilson myself. Uh, that's the guy I want. That's what Cody uh, wants. Yeah. Kellen Mond, I do not want at all. Even worse than, than Matt Jones. Matt Jones, you know, Kellen Mond is the guy I do not want. Um, also, I get a little bit of talk about what offensive lineman, a guard or a tackle, what, what, somebody's going to have some early favorites. This is where Cody come in um, and can help us out here. Cody, what offensive left tackle do you want more? Red Deuce from North Dakota State, Eckenberg from Notre Dame. I know we'd like to have Penasol or uh, Slater. That's the guy I'd like to have, but of course we'd have to stay where we are to get him. Um, and of course, what guard? Any, any guards that you might be infatuated with, uh, Cody, or say like a Quinn Menrose, or um, just, just give us some thought, Cody. It's mainly for you. Put some names out here. Uh, Nazarilla Dean, whatever his name is, a safety from Florida State. Like you pair him with Jeremy Chin, that'd be a nice looking uh, defensive backfield and get us a good corner in this draft to go with him. Thanks for calling. Yeah, fantastic call, Chuck. Um, listen, a name that I want to continue to put into the hearts and minds of Panther fans everywhere is Alex Leatherwood. Uh, he is the tackle from Alabama. And today uh, they had Alabama's Pro Day, and my man put up some freaky numbers. Uh, he tested really well. Um, yeah, he really is a uh, a high level prospect at the tackle position. Um, I don't know, man. The the interesting his range, thing, his range, like where you think he's. Well, that's at. the thing. That's what I was about to say. This class is so hard to tell because I can name a bunch of guys that I could easily see slipping. Um, you know, all around the first round, guys like Dylan Redunst, uh from North Dakota State, um, Dara Shaw from Virginia Tech. There's a lot of really good guys. Liam Meichenberg from Notre Dame. Um, you know, it just it depends on who slips and where they slip to. Um, so I really don't know. I'm thinking that offensive line is probably still um, a good move for us, regardless of position, be it tackle, guard, center, whatever. Um, in the second round. Um, and then two names that I really have been kind of 
keying in on in the second round from the defensive back position is Andre Cisco, the safety from Syracuse, um, and then someone that Tony and I talked about uh, a few weeks ago was Richard Grant, the safety from UCF. Um, and that's a player who I really think that we should target in the second round. Um, if he's there, he's another player that might be a fringe first round pick. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm all for offensive line, man. I don't care how many signings we've made. None of them are long-term deals. And we need young talent, no matter who our quarterback is. So you can let those dudes go. So you can let all these dudes go. That's what I was saying. Is that like we can't shit on Irvin and F-Line when we just needed people? Yeah. Right. You know, but we need to start putting some horses in the damn stable when it comes to the offensive line. And what were we saying in 2018, 27? Well, we, we had a cha- – uh, no, it was the 2016 year. It build was, that uh, wall. Yeah, it's time to build that wall. We have not invested enough in the position group. And to be honest, this is a real criticism of both GMs over the last 10 years, right, or the two that have done three stints or whatever, is – and I think Dave Gettleman gets to, should get the brunt of this criticism – he said, you "Use free agency to set up the draft. It's like a brilliant ass, a brilliant ass motto, and you do so. You don't have to draft a left tackle at eight if Trey Lance is there or the corner is there. But Dave Gettleman didn't listen to his own fucking advice. That was the problem with Dave Gettleman is that he said all this crap and then he he drafted three corners back to back." He put himself in a hole. Like, so right now, even if when they added uh, uh, CMC, which was a Gettleman dude, and Curtis Samuel, Gettleman dude, and Taylor Moten, it was like it was just so reactionary to what had happened the last, oh, well, we don't have any offense, so now let's get offense. Like, so I like that, Cody, is let's start playing the long game with this. And maybe you get some talent here. Maybe it's time to start thinking about moving up in a second round or into the first like for a back end pick with somebody maybe that's how you get maybe that's the answer with the jets maybe you take darnold and you take their 19th pick or 23rd pick and you pick at eight you pick at 23 and you start to put together some couple some stuff all right, next call, and I guess. Um, hey, uh, real quick, I actually uh, yeah, I have right. to jump out. I, I got to jump out a little bit early tonight, um, but I wanted to do uh, a, a real quick ice up pick. All right, let's um, hear it. I, I, I saw um, there's this. It's been floating around on Twitter. Uh, you know, pick your mobile dual threat quarterback, and you can pick between Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson, and Cam Newton. And, dude, seeing all of the people saying that Michael Vick is or was a better quarterback in any aspect than, than Cam was, Newton is man, absolutely – really is ridi- It really doesn't good. matter, dude. He's not Cam fucking Newton. And I'll tell you what, but he, he – nowhere – Cam didn't have the speed of Michael Vick, but he didn't need it, dude. I have seen Cam Newton – uh, take an entire Falcons defensive line 10 yards upfield 
fighting for the first down. Cam Newton has double the amount of career touchdowns that Michael Vick does, had a better arm, was more dedicated to his game and his craft, and never killed a bunch of dogs, dude. So to any asshole that wants to put, one, Lamar Jackson's way too young to even be considered in this right. in, in this discussion. And, and, no, and to every person who wants to put Michael Vick on the level of Cam Newton, you don't even have a leg to stand on, you morons. So ice up, son. Put some respect on Cam Newton's name. All right. That's all I got to say, Tony. See you later. Check out at Cody Lack on Twitter. We'll see you soon. Uh, I would say is that Cody would have. I hated fucking Michael Vick because he destroyed every team I loved in life. But if you <laughs> seen him play real time, dude, dude, I did, man. Was, I, I watched was, Michael. You, no, you saw him play in his later career. I think you would have, no, man, dude. dude he was He was a game cha- like he was mm-hmm. kind of ahead of his time. He was like, in '99 on Madden. Yeah, no, I, I know. I think Cam was ahead of his time. So I agree. It's, I almost think they're too a little. It's kind of comparing Megatron to Tyreek Hill a little bit. I think Cam had a greater season than Vic ever had, but I think overall with longevity, Vic was a better player. Thanks again, Corey. You don't got to donate to say goodbye, but we appreciate it. Uh, Cody, go ahead. See you later. Um, All right, let's go to the next call, and let's see who it is. I guess it's. Yeah, just to explain that last call. Wait, no, I skipped it. Here it is. Hey, guys, it's uh, Jedi George. No, it's Jedi George. Just calling in um, my thoughts on, you know, the free agency and everything. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm just sitting back, you know, I'm not even looking at, you know, any potential moves because everything is so up in the air. We don't know what's going to go on with Deshaun Watson. And I think he's up at 16 women accusing him of um, sexual misconduct. So we don't know if that's going to, you know, turn to be anything or not. We don't know whether we're going to, you know, trade up and be able to get one day. Um, this is funny. You'll see it in the next call pan out. <laughs> We've had like a random cart like flying towards my back. Get out. Get out. All right. So here's the next call. I read. Yeah, just to explain that last call, I'm sitting in a Burlington um, parking lot, and a shopping cart was flying full speed towards my car down the parking lot. <laughs> And I had to hop out like Batman Stop! and, you know, intercept it. But anyway, shall uh, not pass. what's going to go on with our quarterback situation? I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, has been the talk all off season. But um, even if we do roll back with Teddy, I think with the moves that we've made so far, we can at least be a decent team. I think a lot of us share the sentiment that, you know, this is the best off season in itself to get a quarterback. But we never know. You never know what shakes loose next season, um, whether it's Russell Wilson or, you know, whatever mm, might shake too out. Too old. You know, next season. So that was just my thoughts. All right. And, uh, I hope your car survived, bro. <laughs> Sorry if I'm out of breath. That was, uh, it was a scary it was a moment. I saw it went slow-mo for me. And uh, what do you guys <laughs> think about the Snyder Cut if y'all watch? Oh, uh, I'll let Greg. you take that, Greg. Greg, you watch it. Uh, you're on mute, by the way. Yeah, uh, I've seen the Snyder Cut a, a time or two <laughs> since this come out. A uh, time or two is four hours. How many times could you have seen it? I've seen it four times since it came out Thursday. Um, 
I uh, yeah. You know, Cody awesome. said it was the best movie it ever, the best movie ever made. That was Cody. It's, what Cody did it's my favorite movie of all time. It, it yeah. It, I, I would say I don't, I don't know if I can say the best movie ever made, but it's my favorite, my new favorite movie, and it's uh, absolutely amazing. Man, uh, I loved what's it. your biggest complaint about it? It's four hours. No, I don't mind that. Like I said, I don't mind watching four hours of a show if it's a you know good show. Uh, my biggest complaint about it is honestly that we're not going to get more of this universe. Or right now, we're not going to get. I know everybody's universe. saying bring back Snyder some Snyderverse. Yeah. I'll tell you what, my biggest my biggest disappointment was the, 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 the ending. But, well, because because Warner Brothers has egg on their face for never doing this in the beginning. Yeah, and and, and to be fair, Warner Brothers also executives have come out and said. They weren't impressed with the Snyder Cut even recently, even like after breaking records. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's, what, it's, what fans want matters. Sorry. Yeah, I I still felt like it was missing. Like I felt like it was empty in some regard. You know what I mean? Because like, I, it's it's part of a three part story, and I can send you the storyboards for what two and three are going to be about. Oh my gosh! But uh, yeah. That, that sorry, I didn't interrupt you. No, no. Yeah, it's I just, so long. <laughs> it's so long because we had to watch half of three other movies in the first 20 minutes like it was like here comes wonder like we had to watch the wonder woman movie <laughs> then we had to, i mean and that made and that's cool like they did a great job to, i haven't watched i steal my shit i steal it like off of, and so it's like buffering they had tried different stream or something so i'm waiting i haven't been able to carve out the time yet but yeah i'm excited about it it's, it's, like it's just, really, really good. Well, I, I see if you haven't seen it yet, then I don't want to say what my dis- most disappointing thing is. Then y'all ask Chuck me. Chuck Marvel, bro. And I've heard a bunch of people saying that Marvel's I great. Think, I think Jason yeah. Hewitt said it too, or somebody was like, they need to learn how to make movies from Marvel. That's yeah. what I was yeah, Marvel, I like they didn't. Yeah, sorry. They had it. Talking about it, how great it is! Like, so I trust y'all. I trust y'all, and I'm gonna I, be. It was a good movie. It was a good movie, and I won't debate that. But like, I just felt like they had so many opportunities to give you like chill bumps, like mm-hmm. those moments, and they just never did. That never came to fruition for me. Like, like it never, it never came to that same like at the at the uh, end of End War or End Game. Well, like it also you, didn't have didn't have a twenty two movies building up to it, so that's not it's not really a fair comparison. And by the oh, way, no. the, the part and Infinity that, War were written after this, and the script was leaked. Just so you know, so this this stuff that you see any similarities with what was going in the future, this was first. <laughs> to serve by nose. Well, I, I, that that part I would say I would disagree. You know, when you say that it was leaked, what do you mean? Well, because the, the, story, the, the storyboard for where he was going after everything was canceled was leaked out before Endgame and Infinity War were written. And yeah, but Endgame and Infinity War, we already knew where that was coming from back true. in Avengers first, the first movie from Avengers back in 2008. I'm going to send, well, or whenever that was. Somewhat, yes. Uh, I'm going to send you the storyboards for two and three, and you tell yeah. me the beats and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But it is going to be great. But either way, I love both of them. So it doesn't really matter. Marvel's yeah. great, yeah. too. Like, like, I don't want to piss on one. Yeah, I love all of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, uh, I, I do think I probably, I like that Batman versus Superman joint that came out a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that a lot. I've always been a Batman dude. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Michael Keaton to me, best. And I love the Dark Knights. You know, it's a little darker to me. Right. It, well, for the Batman storyline, I don't know about how the other ones tie in. Uh, and I do think that Jason Momoa's Aquaman is straight. Mm-hmm. That's that's I'm the best. Good. Yeah, they 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 cast that and Gal Gadot. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I don't think it has to be an either or. I do think though that I'm getting like almost a little fatigue. Like Marvel's too big for me. Yeah, you, you can get fatigued from it. Uh, and now I am interested in checking out that uh, that new series on Disney. Falcon Blue. Winter Soldier. Yeah, you know, like yeah. it. Good stuff. I said, Marvel, Marvel does great stuff. They really do great stuff. And the thing is, you got to remember, it's two different genres of comics. Really, it Marvel is. is about superheroes. Oh, this and is DC a is too, but but DC is about gods among men. Marvel's about superheroes. Among men. I actually second this question right here. Bad Daddy, can you tell us which movies to watch before this Snyder Cut and what order to understand it to the greatest degree? Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, the Ultimate Edition. Don't watch the regular. And this. Man of Steel, mm-hmm. Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. You got to watch the Ultimate Edition, though. And then this. The other movies don't. You don't, don't... have to watch Aquaman. You don't got to no, watch. No, because, because those movies take place after this movie was supposed to come out. Yeah. So, so the stuff in this movie. It, oh, like okay. what was supposed to happen, huh? He added parts of Wonder Woman. He added four. He added no. He had four minutes of footage at the end of the movie. One scene. That's all he had. Everything else was already filmed. Like the beginning where they're fighting that everything. Monster. Everything was already filmed. All they had was the the VFX left to do, and then oh. they came in and changed it up. So say it one more time so we can do it. Is uh, Man of Steel, Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman Ultimate Edition, and then Justice League. All right. I'll tell you the the one part before I move on, and I won't explain anything too in depth with this, but the part that was most disappointing to me, like, I guess that kind of took me out of it was when uh, Lois and, uh, and Martha were having a conversation in Lois's apartment. And then afterwards, Oh, I hear you though. Like it it just, it just, you, you lost the, like, it just took away all sentimental value for what they just talked about. You should listen to my. I did a couple of reviews on this. Check out Super Civil Servants. Check out DC Alliance uh, podcast. We did some reviews on it. I hit on that. A lot. I touch on that a little bit. We all do. Yeah. So yeah, but but I feel you. I understand that. I've heard that a lot. All right, pivot. This is a pivot to <laughs> the last thing about uh, what that call. Uh, no, about Cody's. He's not here to defend himself. Uh, Cody's ice up pick. Mm. Uh, shit, uh, and I hate Mike. I hated Mike Vick more than any person in the world. And actually, I liked him more after the dog shit than before. And the reason, because he wasn't a Falcon anymore. But if you end your ice up pick with that dude murders dogs, what uh, what's and I don't know if we should say what's worse, but then you're saying like this other guy's getting a smear campaign. You know what I'm saying? Uh, is that the, like is that how it, dogs and animals is that people will care about them more than other people at times? The part is that, that in Cody's defense on this, and I will defend him, is that Mike Vitt was proven guilty in that. He was right? Was. He was there. There was no doubt about it. There was no. He said. She said. It was clear as day that he was doing those things. Um, and there's there's still you know, mounting evidence that these things occurred at least in some degree because, and and I'll put this out there and I wanted to talk about it earlier, but you know, I didn't want to pile on too much on Deshaun Watson, but how many massage therapists are coming out saying, Oh, he never did that to me. Somebody at the, at my watering hole this afternoon told me that there was one person that said that. Right. But not 24. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I just, I, right. I think, and you know what is i'm a look i have a dog i love him and hate him 
chase my little miniature beagle. Love and hate this little asshole. And I'm like a pet, like a dog lover, right? I like dogs. So it's not endorsing people condoning mystery, but I always do find it co- ironic or coincidental or interesting when we have a more visceral reaction to animals. Like I've met this one person and she was like, I would pull over to help a dog, but not that person. I was like, God damn. Like, I mean, I'm not saying don't help the dog, but like, that's a fucking Never mind. All right, next one. I like people too. I'm a people person. It turns out, I guess I didn't realize it, but I'm just as much of a people person it is as a dog person. I will help a person before I help a dog. I think. All right, next. I one. think the difference is uh, dogs are helpless. Uh, yeah, they're well, they're more helpless than a human. Hmm. I don't know about that. I met some pretty fucking helpless human beings, but all right. <laughs> Next one. one last time, something I didn't want to forget. I just heard tonight during the podcast, I don't hear anybody calling in or proclaim on the podcast that we should have paid money for Mike Davis. Appreciate what the mm-hmm. man did for us, but we would have probably never really heard much out of him if CMC didn't get hurt. Falcons got him. You hate to see him go to a division rival. But the man deserves to get paid, and it wasn't going to be by us. Uh, so I don't want anybody complain about that. But I love to keep saying, you know, Redskins paid more than we were going to. We're making some pretty smart decisions, free agent-wise, not overspending. I would like an upgrade on the offensive line. But I cannot complain about what he's done, Federer has done on defense. Pretty impressed. They were, were doing doing very well there. I think this Morgan Fox is a guy – we look out. I think he's going to be better than Obata was. Can play inside and out. And I think we got a, a, a young guy who's going to blossom and bloom. He played well for a very stacked Rams team. That's something that really needs to be looked at. And I feel so bad for the guy because the NFL Network was saying Morgan Cox, and the guy's name is Morgan Fox. I think the guy's got a lot to prove, and he's going to show it. Uh, but you know, I, I hate it all. I'm not going to the Saints, but again. They don't use a fullback as much as we have in the past. So some of these guys we've lost. Losing um, Larson to, to Washington is another joke. He didn't really hold much down either. So um, let's just go from there, guys, and see what we got. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Chuck's bringing the fire tonight. All right, here we go. Hey, y'all, it's Corey. Just calling and say um, I, love, I love the podcast. Uh, I'm living in Houston currently right now, and uh, – I want to weigh in on this whole Deshaun Watson thing. Um, listen, uh, it's a dirty secret that Deshaun, uh, likes to go to these massage parlors and, and do what he does. Um, my cousin Wanda. Uh oh. Oh, I can't even do this. Sorry. Just don't even conclude. <laughs> I was about to say, oh, I was like, wait shit, a second. Corey, oh, I, I think that might have been my friend for <laughs> <laughs> Wanda. That Wanda vision suspect. All right, that's called <laughs> Man, next time, finish it, bro. You were on to something that would have been funny. I was about to say, we can clip this shit. We're about to drop some truth bombs. Yeah. Oh, no. I like this. I like, I'm with Greg. It's like when the calls start getting on other calls and impersonate. That's what yeah, it gets. It's funny. funny. Uh, all right, next call. Hey guys, 
it's Joey, and uh, I got a little something to say that uh, about Sean Watson that I was thinking about at work. And yes, I know y'all always like to say, "Oh, we're not getting the Sean. We're not getting the Sean. We're not getting the Sean." Bull fucking shit. And you want to know why I say bullshit? Because those rape accusations. They're cheap accusations, and they're really popular right now. And the way uh, Cal McNair, Bob McNair, whatever whatever his first name is, McNair, the idiot, owner of the Texans. He's dead, though. Talking about not letting the inmates run the prison. Like, why do you have to use that comparison? Like... So he's implying that he's a prison warden anyway. That's just a messed up thing. But, you know, you have him saying that. And then you have the whole, uh, you know, they're obviously wanting to keep Deshaun. And, like, they're scrambling. Oh, what would tank his trade value? I know a rape allegation. Or 24 of them. Straight up bullshit. I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if he paid some of the cheerleaders to stay rape them. It's just, this is all screwed up. Never know. But. Really, Watson is either going to come out on top, or he's going to hear, or he's going to be screwed. Um, so I say we just because uh, you know if Watson, if they prove that's not true that he raped anybody, then well, he's got some money coming from the lawsuit. Now and these people if, uh, poor. They ain't got no money. If that's if this is collusion, you know, they ain't got no money to well, give up. He's got to pay the consequences for it. He's not supposed to be doing that, but I'm probably about to get off, uh, cut off. So I'll come back for a second time. Wow! Wow! Has he been practicing? <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. That, that deep growl part is getting better. That first yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's getting. He's uh, practicing, bro. Um, I'm going to say this is again, I can't say it. It's like here is that if it was it Corey said that Panther fans are pessimistic. Somebody said that earlier, right? We got this, you know, and we were talking about fans, this idea. I'm not saying that Watson is guilty, but the go-to as more and more snow smoke is coming up. It's like mm-hmm. this whole kitchen's on fire and they're like, Nose and steel over here. Yeah. If if all the evidence point to you, it does make it really hard. Like it's the more it stacks just, up against it's you. a yeah. little now it is bizarre that it's only massage therapists. That to me is like you have a massage fetish. Therapist fetish. That is kind of odd. I think uh, you know, here's the thing is I, I, I think it's okay to believe that these things are, are true and that they're not at the same time, right? I mean, do right. I believe yeah. that this woman was forced to provide oral, you know, uh, pleasure to Deshaun Watson? You know, that's that's hard for me to say because I don't know about you, but I'm not about to put my my uh, member into somebody who's fighting it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. not inconceivable either. These things, right? Is like, is that no? Right. Neither nor do I believe, or I have not made a judgment of what the truth is. Yeah. I'm just saying this is that if I think my there's truth on both sides associated with all of this. One is that if you are 100% innocent, I'm like on, I'm like on good morning America. 
Like, I'd be like, I'll, I'll talk with all these bitches right here in front of you on damn Oprah. The like, problem is, is that his attorney is telling him guaranteed. No, don't, don't do any press. Don't do anything. Do I'll release every statement. Well, this is a PR battle as well. And the other attorney is waging a PR battle. And right now, Deshaun Watson is losing. He might not be losing the worst way. Like maybe talking could make it worse. You're right. But they're not. The narrative is being is being crafted by the opposition at the yeah. moment. That's one mm-hmm. thing. If you're completely innocent too, or if how about not you? If I was completely innocent, like and this was just completely fabricated, like I didn't even meet this girl, or even if I did meet her and it was just like I was on my phone texting and she's coming back and saying this, I'm like, nah, I want to talk to you face to face. I don't care what my attorney says. Like right here, right now, let's go. And so that is, is, and I know that might not be the wisest thing financially, but it is, is, it's, it's just, it's, it's a lot. This is a you lot. Almost, the only thing is, and this is where I get Cody's position, but here's where I'm thinking that maybe there's, there is maybe a deeper, like the only reason this came out is because of everything happening. Not saying these things aren't true, but I do feel like the, the timing of all of this in the midst of an offseason where he's demanding he goes somewhere else, it almost feels like it's a blackmail situation, mm-hmm. right? You know, for, for how long they've had this dirt on him. And then the moment he, he wants to come out and, you know, speak out against uh, an organization, all of a sudden these things start popping up. They may really be happening, but they may have been holding on to it like people hold on to politicians' photos of them with other women. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're just waiting. They were waiting for the perfect opportunity. I don't know what to think about it, but it's not a good situation. No, right? Actually, I don't know what. I have plenty of thoughts on the matter. I don't know what the truth of the matter is, but I just know this: is that like, is that that your name is already associated with whether or not. Uh, Brian Donaldson's got a good uh, comment here. Twitter's either calling Deshaun a serial predator or calling this fake news. I'm reserving my judgment until more information comes out. I think that's a good position. I think that actually that uh, NFL teams are going to have to take that position now is that you would be foolish to trade for Deshaun Watson at this point. It's actually, it's just a riskier bet. All of this is riskier bets. And, and a lot of this is about hedging your bets. So um, we're almost done, Greg. Let me see what we got. Hey, is guys. It, this is Joey. I know you probably talked One over more after this. Um, the end of my last call because you always think what I say about us getting Deshaun is preposterous. <laughs> I get it. But that was the first time we didn't talk over it. Do you want to so, get him right now? Oh, is that what way, you want? You got to listen to my first call before you listen to this one because then you'll be like, I mean, he's on some, I mean, he, he needs some beer. That's what you'll be thinking. Anyway, so I could see it getting so ugly that uh, the Texans could be duped into trading him because they're or releasing idiots. him, bro. Releasing okay, him. They, they no, are too problematic as far as calls. And somebody like Tepper, who's so cutthroat and comes from Wall Street, I think somebody like Tepper could manipulate the Texans. He all he's got to do is uh coordinate or or that twenty four women Matt Wa- or ugh, I can't fucking talk today. Court uh Deshaun Watson uh like he did Matt Rule 
dupe the Texans into doing something, man, I'd like to see their ass get fleeced. I really would. Cause they're, they're just a terrible organization. Jack Easterby is toxic as hell. Uh, they, I mean, Cal McNair, we, or not Cal, I think that was the father anyway. McNair, he is also toxic. I mean, it's just full of toxic assholes. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I'd like to see them get screwed. And I think Tepper could do it. And I think Watson would be like, take me home country roads to the Carolina Panthers. Anyway, guys, that that's what I think about us getting to Sean Watson. I know you'll probably think it's bullshit. I don't. But I'll leave you with something you won't think is bullshit. Wow, wow. Nice. Uh, I again, I'm gonna go ahead and put this out to you. Is that, uh, I, and this is why I'm the refuting the tenfold theories, at the, or not refuting, but I'm not accepting them as the most plausible. Fact, yeah. yeah, is that how does this really help the Texans other than them keeping Deshaun Watson? Right, even you know, what I mean, like, is that first? It's not helping his value. If anything, this is a plant by another team. <laughs> I think. Right. I think the difference is is. That now the teams are going to stop calling number one, um, so his demand for a trade is going to be irrelevant because nobody's going to be calling to get him right. Um, and then the second yeah, part is happy guy who then his, his reputation is is ruined. Right. You want and, that guy playing for you, and he's not valuable. Like, but the difference in that is now is he going to be more likely to sit out this year, or is he more likely to want to play and you know prove prove like. He's, he is a good quarterback. Like right now, his fight is going to be so focused on that that is he going to really going to fight the organization to not want to be there, right? You know, or is that really going to be the case? Like, I mean, if you dig in deep with that, I mean, you could look. There's an argument for both sides that you're you're finding other organizations are putting this out there. Like David Tepper, all of a sudden, he's found these 26 women to accuse him. Um, and then maybe the trade volume. 26? Like, that's like the crazy, yeah. What like, 22 when we started the show? Has he already gone up four since we started the I show? Know, I'm it just saying, is, even that's if it's a plant by an over team, another team is too complicated of a plant. Like, just find one, yeah. like, like just one. And I, I want to bring this other point up is that um, a lot of people are saying this, and I have, I'm starting to, this doesn't rain as true to me as, I think it does with some other people. If he's innocent, nothing will happen to this wimp. This, these, I think, and I'm not trying to correct your grammar, is but there's a difference between this one, one and these 24, right? Mm-hmm. It, but you know, nothing's going to happen to these women. And I mean, he's raising a point: is this is that Deshaun Watson is worth 145 million dollars or whatever it is at this point, whatever the contract is. He might not have made that yet. But the financial ramifications to Deshaun Watson are going to be exponentially more, whether this is true or not, than they will be to the the women if it's false. He is right about that. But well, if the is, reality, too, is like they can just file bankruptcy. If he were to sue them afterwards for defamation, they can just file bankruptcy on that, on any judgment coming out in that respect. If they have yeah, no assets, it's irrelevant. You're right. You're right. Now, that would be a civil suit. Right. The other thing is, is this is that that's assuming that is not true. If it yeah. is true, how do we quantify someone doing something to you that is 
you know, like if you're, and, and I'm not saying, look, cause I do think there's degrees of things. So I think there's a difference between raping somebody and coming on strong. And I don't want to, I'm not here to quibble over them, but I don't know how we quantify it for the person. If it is true. Right. Is that like, so is that like, how would, do we just put a number that was worth $12,000 that was worth, yeah. you know, is that, I'm not going to say that about my daughter. Like if that happened to my daughter, or something and i'm not gonna say well forty five thousand dollars makes this never have happened right is that I mean it, it does have an impact psychologically on people if that's yeah. the case the last component that i was gonna say is and i'm not an attorney and i do think we probably should ask some attorneys about what this would happen but when you start f- signing affidavits and filling out uh depositions and 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 going even if it's a civil case i think perjury is a real crime yeah there might not be a financial ramification that is is equal to deshaun watson's but if these people are straight lying like i think there's got to be some laws that they're going to get fucked with Mm -hmm. if it's proven that 24 people colluded this dude's going to lose his bar is going to lose his license these people are going to never have jobs again in that profession and that's going to be the minimum of it. We're talking real legal penalties, I would think, would follow or could follow. So I don't think it's as just like you get to go and sue somebody to that level. Yeah. And there's nothing that can happen, even if you're broke. But maybe I'm wrong. All right. Uh, last call on that. Uh, yeah, it's your boy, Juan Connie again, a.k.a. Sports 328. I don't want to say the reason why the Texans are trying to scramble off the behinds and do all this BS nonsense. Get some Watson, yeah, they're scared. They know that they are absolutely scared blank on the point. They realize if we, they were to give some Watson to the Carolina Panthers, the Panthers might have another trick up their sleeves because I heard if we do end up sending McCaffrey to them, it's, it's a possibility you might sign another one of that. I heard the rumors going around that there's a free agent running back that might come to the Panthers and take over from McCaffrey that happens. And not only that, all this BS doing with all this lawsuit against him, I'm thinking that they're paying people to come up with some garbage, some baloney, or phony, where the tongue of garbage doesn't keep him <laughs> and make him feel like nothing but a loser. And if the Panthers were to want to do in draft, I'll say if we do any change for Sam Donald, that'd be it. We'd be dead. But if we can trade up or let it get Zach Wilson or I'm watching the tapes, a guy from North Coast State. I mean somebody that can not just throw the ball but also can pass the ball. And what do y'all think about maybe Antoine Jeffries coming to the Carolina Panthers, maybe to add some more veterans the in the line. Been franchise tag. Train up and getting that tight end from Florida, then train back up again at quarterback in the two round two or round three. And I think that once we get to trade on Washington, all we gotta do is find another team to trade with to get back in the first round. It's offering some more draft picks for from this draft picks this year and draft, draft a good running back and a receiver to help. But 
I think this Deshaun Watson mess is going to cost Houston some draft picks. Because once once the commissioner finds out, I'm thinking they might lose two draft picks this year or next year and be fine. Lots of money. So I'm thinking we need to figure out a way how to get this quarterback to Carolina without costing a lot of money and a lot of players. So we all think about all this nonsense, and you all think maybe we should draft um, Peels or Lance or Zach Wilson to trade up, or should we trade for Sam Donald since the Jets today or yesterday got Joe Flacco? And you all think that might help us get this win if finally home shoot bolt? Um, that's a lot. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. I think he asked almost every question we've answered tonight or been talking about tonight, but yeah. he has some really good points about something. I don't, yeah. you know, I just, uh, I cannot write at this point, and I'm sorry. Maybe I am the, maybe I'm just the smoke fire guy, but I just cannot at this. I don't know how people could so hard be saying this is bullshit. So, like, you know, I'm not saying it's real, but like right. to miss it is also mm-hmm. kind of ridiculous to me. Mm-hmm. The I think you know because we have touched on the Deshaun Watson a, a lot tonight. Um, I I would want to address a couple of things because I think that there's a lot of people that are just we we've been so hungry for weapons. I think as as an organization we've got this mindset that we need to get more and more and more. We've got a lot of weapons. We don't need more weapons. We don't mm-hmm. need and I mean I know Alshon Jeffrey's a big body. Um, and, and that's a different type of receiver. He's like old and he is getting old. Us, and, he, yeah. and he is franchise tag, just so you know. So he's not even out there he, on the market. Yes. Um, the Bears. I thought that like, was Allen. Oh, you're right. You're right. Allen Robinson. You're right. Wasn't um, Austin Jeffrey with the Eagles a while? He was. was like 2014. But yeah, I mean, I, we, we don't. I don't even know where he's at. So I like maybe. So my answer yeah. is like, if you think he would add. To this rotation, then maybe, but I don't. I didn't. That wasn't a name on my radar. Well, uh, in in as much as I love Deshaun Watson, the question he asked there at the end: Should we draft Lance Fields or or even Darnold? Right now, with everything going on with Deshaun Watson and how we feel about Teddy Bridgewater, all three are better. All four, yeah. you know, the, anybody right now is a better option than than the idea of trading and and having to get rid of franchise quarter or you know pieces. In the event that this guy, you know, Deshaun Watson did what he did, mm-hmm. right? If we do that and then he ter- comes out and it, it, it is that big of a deal, um, I mean, that's something that we'll, you know, that we'll be facing for a long time. We'll have mortgaged the entire farm and and now all of a sudden we're in a really bad spot. So I, I think right now you cannot as an organization put all your cards in that basket no, unless no, the price can't. is going down. Right. Exactly. If, if this turns out to be true, guys, is that I don't see how he could play in the NFL anymore. Right? I like, really the one where he forced himself you, onto it. I know yeah. you guys gave me lists of people that have had other accusations, but there's got to be a, a like a number to it. Like right. A, there's got to be a limit. Not not all or equal. Likes you're out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is that like if you is if you hit one person with a car and killed them, it's not the same as running over like driving a car into a crowd, right? Well, I mean, the difference is are- the difference in my opinion with this isn't just the quantity, right? It's that there are certain severities, you know, different levels of severity with what they're talking about, mm-hmm. right? And, and everything, yes, has a certain impact. But I think that, you know, if you're grabbing at somebody, 
then you know that's you know kind of like Jerry Richardson. It's just like you're an old skeevy person. They forced him to sell the team. I mean, not forced him, but he had to sell. Yeah, but but his circumstances, I think, were were slightly different, right? Because I personally think that Deshaun Watson, he got he's he's in a position where it's really tough, right? If you, I don't know if you guys were ever confident, uh, you know, in high school, but when I front, when I became confident, like I was a douchebag and I thought everybody wanted it. Right. Um, and, uh, and not, I wasn't a douchebag might be the worst thing to call it, but now, but I don't, we still want it. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, but like, obviously I'm not saying I've forced myself on anybody, but like, you know, you, you put yourself out there for, you know, a situation. And, uh, you know, I think that the biggest thing for Deshaun Watson is maybe he didn't, he felt like every time he was no with, one ever says no, no, no one, one ever said, no. yeah, nobody's, yeah. It's, she, she didn't say no. And, and then when she did say no, I apologized. And I said, I'm sorry. I don't want to over speculate onto those details. I do think this is this, if this turns out to be true, it's going to be one of the biggest downfalls of in, superstar. Yeah. Like, superstar in his prime it'll be, it'll be the equivalent of it yeah, Cody came out Kobe Bryant came out of this yeah and and you like you just said Vic had a had a very very bad thing I don't want to compare that the the two but you're right Vic came out of it too so players can come out of this after some time Tiger right. Woods even came out of it mm, but again these you've got to keep in mind there that was Tiger's problem he should have kept the I'm telling y'all, if y'all want to smoke weed, just do it in front of people. If you want a hand job, get a prostitute. It's all this trying to get other people to do stuff for you that they didn't want to do is where mm-hmm. the problem is. Bill Clinton, just say you fucking inhaled. Joe Biden, that's kind of one of my... All right, let's go to ISOs. My name is Tony Dunn, C3 Panthers Podcast, 252-228-5098. We're here every Tuesday. We got more content coming out, carolinacatchronicles.com. Follow us, subscribe, all that jazz. Last segment of the show is when we ice up, toughen up, tell someone to get it together. I'll start this party off because I got two quick ones. And one's a quick one's a stupid one or a quick one. It's not funny enough. But um, I bought this paint that I do. I have like a side hustle painting cabinets and stuff like that. Fixing up furniture. Like oil based paint is the best possible paint. It's like expensive. It's shitty to clean up. It smells like crap, but it's the best. Like it lasts mm-hmm. forever. Best. You got to clean it up with paint thinner. I usually buy all my stuff from Sherwin Williams. I had, I was in a pinch, I ran to Lowe's. I was out of paint thinner. I had to go to Lowe's and I'm just looking at it all. And they got paint thinner, this, that paint thinner, that, and I'm not an expert on it. A crazy expert, but I was like, all right, I was judging between the $9 thinner and the $13 thinner. And I was like, oh, well you got to go more. I'm not going to let this $3 dissuade me because mm-hmm. So I wasn't paying attention. I was in a rush. I paid, actually, it was like four or five more dollars when it came done. Turns out the extra price was for no odor paint thinner. And no odor paint thinner don't fucking work. It doesn't <laughs> work. The smells what, what, I paid, what makes it work. I paid more money and the shit didn't work. I had to go back and get real paint thinner. I was so pissed. My real ice up pick goes to Joe Biden. This is for my boy Joey. Uh, and these faux ass liberals who want to latch on to uh, marijuana laws and this and that when it's convenient for them. But then they play the same old tune. Joe Biden suspended or did this is like his administration. I don't know if it was him specifically, but when you go through all these security clearances and you got to do all these interviews when you get hired on to these staffs, 
you got to be honest or you're supposed to be honest. Like they're hooking, you know, and if they find you fucked up, you know, you're going to be in some big trouble. So it's just better to tell the truth. Well, these cats told the truth about smoking weed in the past, like recreational weed, and they revoked their clearances and like put them on punishment. It's not like they were like, I was smoking weed before I came here. It was like, yeah, I smoked weed when I was 20. And they're like, and y'all mugs are trying to be, this is like, and this is why I hate Republicans too. You latch on to, I hate it. It's like, it's all just opportunity politics. Opportunity, oh, opportunity politics. So this is my ice ups. Y'all fake ass. Put the odor in that paint thinner. Who's next? I was like, this is like, I was like, I need the extra odor paint thinner, not the. <laughs> Uh, I'll go next. Okay, if you want. Yeah, go ahead. All right, I got two quick ones too. Uh, one we talked about a little bit earlier. Anybody who said that the Zack Snyder Justice League cut either didn't exist or was never coming out, ice up. That's all I got to say. It's breaking records. People are loving it all over the world. This is what the fans wanted. Uh, and for D- Warner Brothers saying that it's never going to be anything Zack Snyder in the future, it will. I've seen that before. I've heard you say it for the last five years. It, it's, yeah, it's we've happen. seen it. Uh, we've seen it yeah. actually just literally most recently. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. So for them, I up and, and number two, I heard this today is uh, Louis DeJoy, Postmaster General for the United States Postal Service, uh, has a, come out with a 58 page plan today to in uh, your plan. Right? Yeah. In the new direction and summarizing. I haven't read all of it, but summarizing it, he's going to raise postal prices and he's going to extend the deadlines that we have the, the, to deliver stuff. So instead of priority mail being delivered guaranteed three days, now it's seven days. And instead of it costing you seventeen dollars to mail this package, it's going to cost you twenty six. So for somebody who thinks that, and you're going to be open less hours too, right? So for somebody who thinks that raising the prices and changing the rules or the standards is the solution to fix the problem, ice up, man. That shows that you have no thinking skills at all. Anybody can do that. That's what it's. That's what a twelve year old would do. You know, a sixth grade project: raise the prices and you know, extend the times. Be creative, or, man. Like contract. <laughs> They're actually contracting the postal service in a way. Yeah. So it's like yeah. Donald Trump's like, I got what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Seriously, like, might, well that shit. It might as well be Donald Trump's creeper. You know, that's what they're but mm, mm-hmm. again. All right. CK, you got anything? Um uh, no. I, I was thinking about something, but I I'd rather not. Never mind. All right, go follow CK on Facebook Gaming. He's been kicking ass right now, dude. And I'm telling you, is that like it's starting to get you're hitting your stride, bro? Well, I appreciate that, my dude. Right, and it's because it's it's becoming more than gaming. Just because it's fun, right? It's like there's something special, Mm -hmm. like and unique to it. I like it. Mm -hmm. Movie trailer of film trailer voice guy. Tell them how they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Facebook Gaming, Codizzle Allen. Um, I'm also on YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, Codizzle Allen. Uh, there is nobody like me, nor will there be anybody like me in the near future, except for my son. All right, uh, Greg, what you got? Where can they get your work? You can find me at the Bat Daddy Fifty Two on Twitter, and come check out my other shows: uh, DC Launch Podcast, Superhero Discussions Podcast, covering everything DC and everything animated. And then there's also Super Civil Servants Podcast on Fridays, live nine PM Eastern Standard Time on YouTube on the Super Civil Servants Channel. We cover everything there: Falcon, Winter Soldier, Godzilla vs Kong, World Combat, Invincible. We've done stuff like Lord of the Rings, Teenage Mutant Turtles. We don't really have any limits, you know. So uh, it's a fun time. It's a hangout. It's 
kind of like this show, but with comics and movies instead of football. So come check us out. You know, Tony, CK, y'all both been on there before. We have yeah. a lot of guests all the time, but uh, live every Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and the audio drops Monday on any podcast catcher that you choose. So. Word up, man. Uh, keep pounding, guys, and we'll see you uh, now in the Discord chat next Tuesday in the chat room on the calls, on the thumbs up button, all of that. We'll see you. Barring so, any crazy news between now and then. I know. Yes. We'll be back faster than you can believe. Um, that's it. Keep pounding, guys, and keep good pounding. night. Keep pounding.